I got myself a mic stand. It's the cheap GameStop one. <laughs> yeah, I just wish I had a boom arm so I could just get it in front of my mouth. That's what she said. That's what you zig. Welcome to episode 163 of the TryGames.net podcast, where we talk about plants, the undead, and their symbiotic relationship towards each other. No, it's a video game. We talk about video games and how we get mad at boobs in video games and how Pete doesn't get mad at boobs in video games it and is. stuff like that. Boobs! And yes. Al, Al, Al is a little uh, hyper on coffee, and so so he's he's energetic. He's like the Hulk, except benevolent, so... Let me uh let me allow these uh fine feathered friends to say hello. There's Pete. Hi. There's Al. Hi everybody. And I'm your host Austin. I just kind of went in mixed alphabetical order because I would have been in the middle otherwise, and Al would have been first. But who cares? Jesus Christ! It's Saturday. It's noon. It's February sixth. It is uh I believe it is Chinese New Year's Eve or Chinese New Year's one of those two. I don't know, um, because I am not technically Chinese. Uh, mm-hmm. And next week is Valentine's Day, which is one of the worst holidays in all of mankind because it's manufactured by Hallmark to make money. Mm-hmm. You should buy your girlfriend or wife or fiancé flowers on the spur of a moment. Don't let a corporate greeting card company tell you when to do it. That's, That's the way for I sure. Because you know that most people, they just buy flowers on this time of year and Mother's Day and and <laughs> <laughs> just – you know, when they want to get laid. Yeah, but still. What's your flower I mean, industry? Buy flowers on the spur of the moment. Yeah. Just buy one every, buy, buy a bouquet every month or so. Just say, say how much you appreciate your significant other. Now, if, if you're a girl to a guy, I don't know if guys really like getting flowers. They like getting other things. But, yeah, we'll leave it at that because this is a family friend. No, it's not. Um, however, if there are anybody, any employees of the Hallmark Company listening to this podcast and they have a, vi- a very cushy job to offer me, I love Valentine's Day. I love it so much. Yeah. I, I was going to say fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be part of the people who, who, who you say fuck you to. So there you go. Uh, yeah. But anyway, this is not about Valentine's Day. This is about games. And uh, today we're going to have our Let's Rebooting, of course. We're going to talk about Street Fighter, uh, especially with um, it. I, I don't know if I want to call it a revival. I, I guess it's sort of a revival because, you know, who thought that Street Fighter 4 could come out and make such a big splash? Very true. But, you know, Street Fighter is still king of things. And, and uh, we're also going to try to do a little bit of news topics. Not, not you know, up-to-the-date, up uh, super, super relevant news. But, you know, for example, I, uh, I want to talk about Sonic 4, which was recently re- uh, announced. Mm-hmm. And so That's these the two time. guys, what are you going to talk about, uh, Al? Um, I don't know. Uh, spot. Put you, put, put you, put you on a spot. I, I'll, I'll figure something out. Yeah, I'll figure something out. <laughs> Sorry, Go I coffee. just checked on my words. I'll figure something out by the time we get there. Pete, what you want to talk about? Oh, was I supposed to have my own topic? Sure. Yes. Um, Why not? Put you on a uh, on a spot. Spot. Uh, I, I may or may not figure something out by the time we get there. You guys don't read the wave. I said I did, right, but so, I. Well, you said you were looking for ideas. We decided to bring our own. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go look at it right now. Keep talking. Don't stop talking. <laughs> I'm trying to look for the thing. Yes, yeah, so I said just find one news topic. That's all you need. 
I didn't um, realize you meant that. I thought you meant just like find one for all of us to talk about together, not each bring our own to the table. You are not a good role model for people who want to learn English. And you know what's funny? I saw that Sonic thing, and I was like, oh, that should be the one that I suggest for us to talk about. But I was like, ah. Uh, I took it, oh, bitch. Yeah. I know what we could talk about. We could talk about that Xbox support. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, that's my topic. Ha. Ha. Now Pete gets to hunt for one. And uh, I got two more nominees for lion-ass motherfuckers because I forgot to, uh, I forgot to bring them up last, uh, last episode, which, you know, is sad because those are two of my most memorable, memorable encounters with video game fallacies. Um, not to say that they were actually lying to my face intentionally, but they did not know what they was talkings about, son. So that frustrated me. But as per usual, we are talking about what we've been playing for the past week. I will roll the three-sided die, and it lands on Pete's name, which is not a surprise. Hey. What okay. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you motherfuckers yeah. make fun of me and do okay. that when I'm not on the show. Okay. We love you. That's well, why. See, I did it, now I did it when you're on the show, care. so that's, a, that's an homage. Continue. Okay. <laughs> 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 so anyway, uh, like, I, like I, I've been saying or something, I don't know. Yeah, uh, you totally. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> what? Okay. What so, is going on? <laughs> I'm fucking up. Is what's going on? <laughs> I'm trying to cut, read. The wave. Cut, let's do it again. Oh wait, this yeah. is live. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to read the wave and talk at the same time and making fun of myself is not all working together. So, what have I been playing the past week, Pete? Well, I have been playing. Uh, let's talk about Silent Hill Shattered Memories because I've been playing that. Um, oh, and uh, I didn't be. I was hoping to beat it before we got before we started this recording. But uh, since I'm playing it specifically with my girlfriend, um, I can only play when she's around. Obviously, I haven't. We haven't beaten it yet. Uh, uh, we're probably over halfway though, but it's hard to tell. the uh, The game. Okay, I guess I'll talk about the basics of it first. It's. Uh, I never played any of their Silent Hills. I saw like my father play the original for like maybe like twenty minutes or something when it first came out, and the, I was into Resident Evil back then, and Silent Hill seemed like not good to me, but I was young and didn't realize, you know, oh, it's got all this psychological aspect, which might actually make it better than Resident Evil. But right. I was just like, Resident Evil has zombies and you kick their ass, and yeah, that game's awesome. Um, so I was never into Silent Hill, so I don't know how this actually compares to the original, uh, but from what I hear, it's a reimagining of it. Yeah, and, more uh, or less. Yeah. And so if this is what the original was like back there, I probably uh, back then, uh, back there, yeah! If this is what the original was <laughs> like back then, <laughs> I'm not on crack, I swear. Um, You's just on crack cocaine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if this is what the original was like back then. I probably would have uh, really enjoyed it had I given it the chance. Now, what I do remember visually from the original is that it was like, you know, Wonderland of Fog. Um, you couldn't see anything like more than like two inches in front of you. Right. Uh, right. And uh, this one, actually, you play the entire game. It's like... It's not at night the entire game, but like for a majority of it, it's dark out. Uh, so that's what prevents you from seeing everything. But you have this flashlight that shines really, really fucking far and is really strong. It's like having a almost like a, a focused floodlight. Um, so uh, you can see pretty well in the game. And so that was a plus because I was expecting uh, it to be just covered in fog and stuff. Uh, but 
the graphics themselves, what you're actually looking at, are definitely, you know, low-res Wii graphics. So it doesn't look the best, but that doesn't detract from it being actually scary. Uh, it's very tense. Um, for those who know about the game or don't anyway, uh, you don't actually do any real fighting or combat in the game. And when games... Uh, when games try to tell, try to say that they're scary, it's like they try to be scary through, I guess, what you're fighting or uh, monster closets. Yeah, monster closets or just enemies that are way tougher than you, things like that. Right. In this, that's not what's scary because you don't fight; you just run. Right. And um, there's always this feeling of tension because you're you never know when the moment's going to strike. Where the uh, what happens in this one is, I, I guess, in the other Silent Hill games, the world would just turn from like kind of like not so or just from bleak to like dark and evil looking or something like that yeah like all the like the walls would start becoming fleshy and and pulsating and all that shit so it was it was more of a um it was more of a holy crap this is messed up that uh, kind of scared than than oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) kind of you know what i mean yeah um well in this one the the world just gets covered in ice uh so like doors freeze over and just like everything gets ice over and it's already snowing in silent hill as it is. So it's like, you're constantly surrounded by this feeling of cold and that adds to the atmosphere too, because like, I definitely felt like, I mean, it's cold already in my room as it is, but like, it just makes me feel more cold. And it was happening to my girlfriend (laughs) too. She's like, it makes me freeze. Um, and, uh, so yeah, uh, it it covers everything over in ice and you never know when that's going to happen. And then it presents these, now, I don't want to call them enemies because they're they're just creatures to you that will have this really odd high pitched shrill and then chase after you, and you just have to run away from them. Um, the funny thing is, if they catch you, they just give you like the hug of death. <laughs> <laughs> they like jump on you and just hug you, and it, they don't Aww. look like they're actually like biting That's you so or attacking sweet. you anyway. They're just kind of hugging you, which I think might actually play into the conclusion of the story. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to say too much. Well, I guess I can give my kind of predictions, but I don't want to spoil. No, okay. I don't want to think about it. Okay, I then I won't say anything. I won't say anything story related. But for myself. Okay. Um, but story wise, it is worth playing because it is a very interesting story. Uh, I we we just passed the part that is like I guess the climax of the story. So that's why I think we're getting close to the end, unless they present even more crazy ass shit to us. Right. Um, well, if Brad Shoemaker has anything to say about it, it's probably not going to happen until the end. Yeah, um, but uh, it's a nice slow build-up of what-the-fuck moments and just mass confusion as to what's going on and then you know, having to run away from these random creatures some once in a while, which they don't do too often. Honestly, the, the rest of the game, the exploration part, is so interesting and tense in itself. Um, they, they play up the music very well to uh, you know, get your hit you there. And uh, just there's these in the non frozen moments, there's these parts where you can find ghosts or just like uh, like memories of like what seem like uh, ghost memories of I don't want to say ghosts. I don't know. You just find these like audio recordings or are they me- shattered. Yeah, I guess they are shattered. Oh, um, and wow. the, the fact that you find certain pieces spread out, it's uh Kind of like finding the audio diaries in Bioshock, but not as difficult because you just you blatantly come across these things. Um, and uh, the, so they're presenting stories through you have a cell phone in the game 
Man, I am talking so disjointed today. <laughs> so Somebody you have... needs a clock in the head. Seriously. Somebody needs a coffee. <laughs> so you have a cell phone in the game, and you get your most of your stories through that, like through, the, through uh, voicemails, through uh, text messages. Um, you can There's a camera phone, so you take pictures of certain things. Uh, the voicemails are good because they come through the actual Wii speaker. Um, yeah, I've heard that, that that's used to good effect. Yeah, I like it. And then so you have yourself listening to the voice on the one end. Or you can make fo- make phone calls in the game too. So you can actually call other characters. And you'll have yourself listening to them on through the Wiimote. And then your character in game will speak as well. Like So you have a little, this little conversation going back and forth. Uh, I think it was used pretty well. Oh, that's what I was going to say is that uh, the exploration parts were so interesting and enjoyable, um, even though they were scary, that... I think the game could have actually just done without the whole uh, freezing over and having these creatures mm. chase you phase. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not... So, not- so a straight-up, pure adventure game. Yeah, I think that could have worked. Point-and-click um, without the point-and-click. Yeah. Uh, I don't, like I said, I haven't gotten to the end of the game, so I don't know if that's in there for specific story reasons or if it's just that they were like, you know, we need something to make this more game-like, even if it's just for a few minutes. And it is very game-like during those moments, because the world freezes over, and you basically just have to keep running and bashing your way through, like, finding your path through this uh, frozen, like, maze, through the doors that aren't frozen over. And the game highlights the areas you can go through with, like, a like a, a lighter blue uh, rim around them. It's I guess it's still supposed to be ice. It's just okay. this colored ice or something. But yeah. it's like very visible. It's almost like in uh, Mirror's Edge, how you know you'd follow your path by finding the red items. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you look for the the red things in Mirror's Edge to. You guys played Mirror's Edge. I I did not play it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Like they color things that you can grab on or jump on, like different colors, like right, like, so like red. the bright red that you're talking about, and then other things. Don't they color other things in other color to say that no, you can't climb on this, or do they not do that? I don't think they like I said when I played Mirror's Edge, I played it without the, with the color off altogether. Anyway, right. Well, um, I bought it for five bucks, so I'll find out at some point. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's that same basic concept. It's like you d- you just color something or color it like slightly different, so people can zone in on it and be like, okay, that's where I got to go because you don't have time to like stop and look around and figure out where you have to go. You don't even have time to bring up your map and see where you're actually supposed to be headed. And it's funny because during those moments. You have a GPS on your phone as well that has a map of Silent Hill, which the city is actually looks pretty huge, but you don't – it's not an open world game. Um, right. You get like uh, transported from area to area, and like I wonder how much of the city you actually have covered by the end because for how big the city is, I feel like we haven't covered a, a major part of it. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, when the ice freezes over, you have this GPS on your phone. You're supposed to be able to like – have the GPS up and see the paths you already taken and use uh, just process of elimination to figure out which way is the actual correct way to go. But you're constantly running and you don't have time to stop. So bringing up the phone is not an option. So basically it's just like hold down the Z button, which is run and keep running, looking for doors. And like, I've gone like around in circles and circles and circles and finally just happen to stumble upon the right way to go. And so that just ends that sequence. And then you're back to the exploring. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not it doesn't seem absolutely necessary to me and I kind of wish it wasn't in the game, but other than that, I I'm absolutely loving the game. My girlfriend seems to be enjoying it, but she's is, she is scared of those sequences. She thinks those things are fucking freaky as hell. 
And every time one jumps on me, she'll like scream and be like, oh my God, get it off you. And I'll just be <laughs> getting frustrated because I can't find where I'm supposed to go. Like I'm not getting scared during those moments. I'm just getting just frustrated. Getting yeah, that's how yeah. I felt throughout. That's how I feel throughout almost all survival horror games that refuse to, to, to let go of the tank controls. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't have tank controls. It's just right. It's first person. Yeah, not first person, but like over the shoulder. Third right, person. third yeah. person uh, standard controls. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Wii Mote works all right. It does kind of present some problems because you're you have to you know it's not like a game where you can just relax. You have to constantly be pointing the Wii Mote at the screen because it aims your flashlight. Right. So like during tense moments or something, if you like move your hand, you can end up like looking at the ceiling and then like run like, <laughs> into a wall or something like that. So it can get difficult. How do you, um, how do you, let me ask you this though. How do you hold your, your remote? Because I know a lot of people, um, mostly detractors, but some others, you know, just people in general, they always like to say that, Oh, my hand gets tired. Not my hand, but my arm gets tired. Like my, my hand gets tired playing video games in general. Cause you're always, you know, moving your thumbs and whatnot, but you know, my arm gets tired. I don't like, you know, pointing at the screen and I'm just like, I never have, that specific problem that everyone has, and that's because I always rest my arm on my thigh. Yeah, and it never presents a problem. So when I play a game I, like this, I'm gen- generally sitting on my bed or something, and right. like have my arm resting on my leg. So right. yeah, it doesn't present a problem. So it's it's more it's more of a tension thing where like you're already tensed up, and now that you have to you know be careful with the Wii remote, it just makes it even harder. Yeah, like gotcha. And just the fact that uh, okay. yeah, like, uh, yeah, just <clears throat> tension, tension, tension. Right. Uh, the game is incredibly tense. The, yeah, that uh, does happen to me in, in, in like Umbrella Chronicles. When I'm like shooting and like pulling the trigger a lot, yeah, my hand just get really tired. Yeah. So I definitely see that I can understand. Um, so I guess I can't say too much more about that because, yeah, I don't want to talk about the story yet. Uh, uh, after you guys play it, maybe. I'll like, it. I definitely think you both should play it and then we can talk about the story because it'll probably be a game where I, after I'm done, I would want to talk about the actual well, after you're done, you should probably play it again because uh, I saw the I saw a little bit of the quick look um, on Giant Bomb. I obviously did not want to spoil it for myself, oh, but I saw yeah, a little bit of it. About that. Right, saw a little bit of it. Saw things happen one way. Then they did a re quick look for the game of the year. Yeah, I saw breakdowns, that. Breakdowns and things totally changed around. And Brad was sitting there going like, "Oh my God, what what is this? I don't recognize this." And everybody was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I never saw this way this this thing this way before." So, like the way it changes up, that is that is another thing that I'm very interested to see. Well, what they do with the thing is, I'm not going to be able to play it again because oh. it. I didn't purchase it. I checked it oh. out from GameStop. Check it out again. So, uh, I mean, I'd have to wait like a month or so before I could check oh. it out again. But once I beat it once, I'll probably just go online and consume a bunch of information about the right. uh, the other ways that it can present stuff to you because I am interested in the whole psychological profiling thing because I would like to know why we've gotten certain things. I um, think- I think the shrink wants to fondle you. <laughs> he seems so fucking evil. Like he, he just has a very evil demeanor to him. Yeah, like, like sinister. Yeah, uh, he's like I'm going to lower Mr. Him. Burns or something. <laughs> yes. Um, Tell me, do you enjoy sex with multiple partners at once? <laughs> what? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, the game changes this way. Don't yeah, they answer like, like? Don't they ask like ridiculous questions like that? Well, it's. There, no. there's the psychological profile test in the beginning which does have some stuff about sex and then i think there's yeah. some stuff later on um but then there's like it's a, a lot of uh a lot of what i would remote they're like psychological mini games throughout peppered throughout it like uh, one of them is uh t- there's like seven pictures of people and you have to d- decide if they're sleeping or dead 
and oh, put them in the appropriate areas. Now, so it's like an inkblot test, the Rorschach test. Kind of, yeah, so, but obviously they can't do that in the game because there's no way for you to respond sure. vocally. So they do right. things that you can just like pick a set answer and be like, okay, this is what I think. That's cool. Um, that of a- course, I don't know how it affects the game in any way. Right? I, like That yeah. test, I didn't really see how it affected the game. Um, then there was another test where you had to order these four pieces uh, from... He tells a little story, and you have to order them from most guilty to least guilty in the story he talks mm-hmm. about. And okay. again, the, they don't seem to really correspond to the game unless we just haven't seen it yet or we're too stupid to pick up on it. Um, right. But then there's simple things like uh, one of them was uh, you pick out of a list of types of classes, like four classes that would make up your perfect school day. <laughs> and when you're in the, uh, in the school area of the game, uh, in the school's courtyard, on a uh, on one of the walls is this mural, a uh, big painted mural, which is a tree with four like main branches coming off, and then uh, it's like uh, there's like art, arty. I'm trying to figure out how to word it. It's like pastel phonics. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a a very like childlike pastel colors uh, mural, and so then you have like uh, the the character caricatures or whatever of like someone in those classes like so ours oh, were like okay. uh i think it was like um theater science uh literature and creative writing so then those were the four uh like things show like four pictures shown on the uh, main branches of this tree mural um so like when you get to the part in the game you'll understand what i'm talking about uh but yeah so like aside from the obvious impl- implications of the psychological stuff i don't really see how some of the more uh, subvert parts are coming into play and like i was saying we're right. not sh- we're not sure how we got some of the things because we got like since it was in the giant bomb quick look i'm just gonna say this we got the thing that brad got the second time where the people in the house are yelling at you and right. the cop not shows up and, yeah and the cop shows up and she's all sexified and we, <laughs> right yeah we don't know why our cop looks like that it's like what is she honey <laughs> we, we were like what did we answer she's a stripper <laughs> um so yeah, like it would be interesting to find out once I'm done with the game what causes certain things to happen and like how it act- how much it actually is according to what you pick and how much of it is just maybe random or something like that. Um, but yeah, okay, so I'll stop talking about that. Uh, real quick, other stuff I've been playing. Um, I st- I've been playing through Mass Effect again myself. Uh, I'm stupid because instead of actually working on my main character that I want to bring into Mass Effect 2, I've been playing for achievements. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not, but, uh, yeah, so I'm still grinding through with a character that I'm not even going to be, well, actually at this point I might bring this character mass into mass effect two as well. Uh, but I'm still going to want to replay for my main original character that I had way back in 2007 before I get mass effect two and play through that. And Question for, real quick. Yeah. Are you grinding through because you want to make the decisions or are you grinding through because, because you want your character to be leveled up in the game? Because I heard, uh, oh, I'm you just probably- grinding- I'm just grinding through for the achievements. Okay, okay. No, because uh, you probably heard the same thing that I did. That that like trying to level up your character doesn't do anything. It just it's just the decisions that you make that right. does that changes. Although I did, it does sound like having a high level character can give you some small benefit when you. Oh train. really? Oh okay. It's, I did not uh, know that. I think that's what I overheard. I'm trying to avoid listening to Mass Effect stuff, and it's hard right. because I listen you to the giant. You don't want to ask stuff. me. <laughs> um. Oh, you're you're playing Mass he's, Effect. Oh, too? he's like forty. Dude, hours I'm almost finished. Oh, 32 hours into that game. Like, uh, I'm actually, I could actually go and finish the game now, but I really wouldn't. So should I walk away when you're going to talk about it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to reveal anything. Okay. Um, good spoiler alert. 
but uh yeah like so uh, the to answer your question i am just grinding through for achievements because i have like the only achievements i have left in the first game which you guys are playing on pc so i don't know if it has any kind of does it have achievements on pc of course okay so I, games I'm, for window wait is it yeah is it games no no for windows in game achievements in game achievements. Does it, does it have right. the ones where it's you have to get through the game or a majority of the game with uh, the same two characters? Like so, it's like you get you can get a soldier ally achievement, a sentinel ally achievement, a krogan yes. ally. Achieve- okay, so yeah, that's what I have to do. I have those ally achievements left to do, and I still have to beat the game on hardcore, which is what I'm going through now. And then I have to beat it on insane, um, and I have to make a character to level sixty, which I never did the first time. So okay. I think those are like the few achievements I have left, which are the hardest ones when it means having to play through the game. Deep. Yeah. Honestly, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you really don't. But I want the full thousand points. Okay. Because you're on Xbox, you do have to do that. Right. Oh, yeah. I know. I understand that. You can. The, you yeah, can... it doesn't really fucking matter if you're on PC. So, uh, the only achievement you really need, uh, well, not need, but the only achievement that really helps you out is the rich achievement. So Al, when you say it's in game, you mean that it's within Mass Effect itself. It, it doesn't. It's neither Steam nor Games for Windows achievements. Correct. Okay, so they don't add to any kind of universal p- pile. I see. No, not at all. Damn that. That would. I was gonna say, Pete, you should. Then you should download the PC version and get like, like a double achievement for everything. <laughs> like I think I have two of the same achievements in Street Fighter Four because Ron brought it over to my house. Uh, after a rock band party, we were playing it, and I got an achievement on my Xbox, and then I bought it on Steam, and I got an achievement on Steam. But but no no no, it, the Street Fighter Four uses games for Windows Live, so that achievement added to my gamer score, even though I already had it on Xbox. Right. So it's like um, double points, <laughs> more points, more. <laughs> but I don't care about points, so that was just like okay, whatever. Sorry, continue. Uh yeah, so that's what I'm doing with Mass Effect, and it's gonna take me forever. I'm gonna get to Mass Effect Two sometime in hopefully 2010 um but uh i uh i did play before i brought it back after we recorded last week i played some more demon souls shepherd demons souls shepherd (laughs) souls shepherd um and uh i made it uh to the next boss in the game and got completely my ass kicked but (laughs) i just just wanted to mention that real quick because i was talking about how like i was able to get through the first boss without too much trouble i think that second boss heard you talking shit yeah seriously it's some place it's this huge like larger than life night thing uh uh you have to like climb up a a, like a tower uh what are they called parapet is that what it's called yeah uh and you have to like you have to shoot it in the head but i don't have enough uh arrows for my oh, bow, so uh, I was stuck trying to use a melee weapon, and as soon as you get down on the ground, it just swings its huge like pike thing at you and just like kills you in one well, blow. So I was like, "Well, yeah, okay, I guess I'm done with this game for now." But I will that eventually just laid the pipe on you. Yeah, <laughs> um, I will eventually purchase that game because uh, that that is an amazing game that I think was highly overlooked, and uh, it might be one that will become hard to find. So I I want to hopefully purchase it before it becomes hard to find. Um, hey, hey. Yes. Uh, you do know that they're having a Valentine's Day event, right? Fuck Valentine's Day. Who's having a Valentine's Day event? Demon Souls. Oh, in game? Yeah. Uh, That's hilarious. There's something like you get to vote for what kind of world tendency you get, either light world tendency or dark world tendency for Valentine's Day, and it's based on love me, love me not. I got an email about it. Oh, cool. Uh, dark. Let me read it real quick. Make it dark as all hell. Because, you know, I'm on the Atlas Faithful, so I get, like, an email every three days about a game I don't care about. And then I get an email about a game I do care about. Like, I don't nice. care about this shit. 
While you're uh, finding the email, I just I'll say real quick. Oh, okay. Say it. Uh, this is it's something unrelated, so go ahead and read the email. Oh. Uh, see, Demon Souls Valentine's Day Tennessee event. To commemorate Valentine's Day, we'll host another World Tennessee event. Uh, apparently, it did for uh, Halloween and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Demon Souls, for those keeping score at home, we uh, for those keeping score at home, we previously made the World Tennessee black for Halloween, and more recently made things white for the holidays. Since Valentine's Day is somewhat divisive, in that some people feel bright and happy, and others not so much, we're going Sorry. to leave which way we actually shift the tendency to you, and you click. Atlas loves me, White World Tennessee, or Atlas loves me not, Black World Tennessee. <laughs> That's pretty voting cool. Will, voting will run until va- Valentine's Day, at which point we'll put the majority decision into effect. Vote with your hearts, faithful, broken or otherwise. The thing that kind of sucks is that while the game has this online component and Atlas can do things like that, um, I mean, it's good that the game has an offline option. You can play it offline, but then you won't have any of these like interesting one-off things. Uh, mm-hmm. These these world tendencies they're talking about these like world events, um, so uh, you know it's that's one of those things where it's scary you know because like eventually they're going to take that game offline and like you're not going to be able to play online and get those messages anymore and if you're somebody who would want to go back to it you'll just be stuck in this world all by yourself no messages no world oh. events oh. but I mean I didn't get to take place in any and any world tendencies while I was in the game for you know a few days or whatever uh I did come across a few but I wasn't able to actually do anything cuz I didn't have the appropriate items or whatever I needed um so I don't really know like how intricate they get or anything uh mm-hmm. but I mean that's a cool that is a cool feature of the game I I'm very intrigued by this game at this point simply because it it <sighs> I don't. I don't know if this is appropriate, but it seems like a, a, a full-fledged modernization of the classic roguelike. Um, and I know I've said this before, but specifically, I mean, Pete, have you ever played any roguelikes? Not really. So I think the one thing that's very distinctive about a roguelike is the fact that like the movement is very odd. It's it's almost turn-based, but it's not uh, in in a sense that every time. If you just like if you're playing um um Sheer and the Wanderer or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon or even old NetHack on DOS, if you step away from the computer or put your DS down, nothing happens at all. You can just sit there, the game's going on, nothing happens, no one moves, no one does anything. The instant that you move or swing your sword or anything, someone does an action. Like a monster will do an action. You know what I mean? So it's basically like it's it's action based because you don't choose from menus and stuff to fight things. But it's also like it, it, things don't move until you move. I don't know if that it's making any sense to it you. It makes sense. It's, it's very this, hard to, to articulate. This game um, is nothing like that. That's this what, game, but that's what I'm saying is yeah, that there's like, no pause. <laughs> right. But everything around it is, is, is like a roguelike. And first of all, in the difficulty, second of all, in the fact that like when you die, you have to do a corpse run. Right. Yep. And like the way that um, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily persistent, but. I mean, the, the fact that other people can contribute to your world when you go online kind of adds an element of that to it. So that, that's why, which is kind of a problem for me because my PS3 is in the living room and it's a, it's a 20 gigabyte one with no Wi-Fi. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm. That is a shame. Like I said, I think oh, both of you guys really enjoy this game. I think I will. I, 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 at some point I'm going to go get it, but uh, I'm looking at my pile. No, I'm never going to get it. I'm, never gonna, I'm not going to get anything at all, ever, never. So, so the other thing I wanted to say real quick, uh, I wanted to apologize to last week's guest, uh, uh, Robin James, right? That was her, their name? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, 
I wanted to apologize to them because, you know, they were talking up Ninja Wars and uh-huh. I went on while we were recording and I started up my Ninja Wars account and blah, was playing and stuff. And I even played a little bit, like maybe an hour or two after we were done recording uh-huh. and was getting my character level up. And then I find out that they were talking about Ninja Wars with a Z. I didn't know there was one with a Z. <laughs> I was playing Ninja Wars with an with S. With an S. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Al, you invited me to the, to the new one, but, like, I kind of already am over the whole thing. Like, so I kind of have no interest in it anymore, so I apologize. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, it's, it's really not all of that interesting but actually the ninja wars with an s wasn't too bad it was it didn't have any of the flash stuff they were talking about it was very Mm. much like mob wars but you didn't have to like it didn't have any of the like the stupid because doesn't mob wars have stuff where you like you can purchase extra turns or some shit like that i don't know all these games have something like that i mean this didn't seem to have it it just had it had a timer right there on the screen like countdown seconds till you regained energy to make your next move and And it's like mafia wars but it was only like a minute or two away to to each turn, so it wasn't terrible. Like, um, I don't know. I remember Mafia Wars. I had to like, I there were points where I had to log off for the day and come back the next day. Um, yeah. Where this, I could just leave it on all day, and while I was doing everything, doing other stuff, come back every couple minutes and do another turn. So uh, yeah, you can kind of do that too, but it depends on how much energy is required. But honestly, you shouldn't be playing Mafia Wars that much because it's not like a a game that really uh, is interesting enough to demand that much of your time. It really is like go in, spend all your energy, fight if you want, and then turn it off and go about your life and then wait 24 hours so that everything kind of refreshes itself to a, a desirable point. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, either way, uh, I'm over the whole thing again, and Facebook changed again anyway, so fuck Facebook. I, I don't understand. Every, everybody's it? Facebook changed except for mine. Mine didn't change either. I, I hear that they roll that stuff out in waves, so yours will probably uh, be coming eventually. Um, mm-hmm. but uh yeah it just it changed the style again and facebook changes every couple months so it really pisses me off if youtube would allow longer than 10 minute video uploads i would not have a facebook right uh true so anyway uh that's all i've been playing till i remember something later uh, uh, what you been playing uh mass effect 2 by the way we can deal 50 percent off far cry games go ahead sorry mm-hmm the weekend, the weekend meal, the weekend deal that you'll miss is Far Cry and Far Cry Two, Fortune Edition or something. Yeah. Like that. Anyhow, indeed. Um, let's see. <gasps> Far Cry Two is ten bucks. Ah, oh, I already have Far Cry Two. I should have <laughs> bought it then. I don't know. I probably bought it for ten bucks. So I guess I've played about twenty to twenty-five hours of Mass Effect Two this week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really hard to put down. It's like a good book. I, in terms of What's progress, I am. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's a book? <laughs> yeah, a book is uh, one of those up. things made out of paper. And uh, you, it has words printed on it. You, so you don't mean know like, what words are, right? You mean like Game Informer? Kind of like Game Informer, except with no pictures. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no screenshots? Fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, that that see now that's all we need except for the fact that books with screenshots are usually for like five year olds. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, wait, wait, before you go on, Al. Okay, mm-hmm. so just be wary of what you're buying on Steam. Um, I am looking. I just this just happened to catch my eye. I'm looking at the Far Cry Two thing. Title: mm-hmm. Far Cry Two Fortune Edition. Genre: Action. Developer: 
Ubisoft Montreal, publisher Ubisoft, release date October 22, 2008. Languages, English, French, Italian, German, Spanish. Third-party DRM, Securom, five machine activation limit. Yeah, so, some of them have it. I mean, I, I remember hearing this at some point way in the past, but I seem to have forgotten it because I'm looking at this and I'm just like, so then there's really no advantage for me for me to buy this on Steam over a disc at this point besides like the physical aspect of it because... Or besides the fact that it's five bucks. Well, I'm, I'm saying like if I were able Outside to... Outside of the deal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because it's like one of the biggest reasons why I have been buying PC games on Steam, bearing in mind that I do like having the box copy, is because a lot of these games or most of these games, uh, at least the ones I have... Don't deal with this activation limit thing. Like, it's handled by Steam. Right. And so then they throw this thing on top of it. Oh, God. That's. Oh. Maybe you want to take a dump. God. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. That that makes me mad. Sorry. Okay. It's fine. I'm mad as hell. And you're not going to take it anymore? And I'm not going to take it anymore. See, I, I went to the Bioshock page, and that stupid activation limit is not there. When you know the the, the disc copy had all oh, right, but, yeah, the disc copy on Steam. It. It's like no, we don't have it. You're all good because you have a drill on your hand, and I don't, so you don't have to activate. <laughs> but fucking Far Cry Two gives you malaria in the game and in real life. So there you go. Go ahead, Al. I'm I'm done. I need. I need a beer. What? Okay, I guess. So um. Yeah. yeah. Mass Effect Two. Um, I am near the end of the game. Near the point where. You you know the point of no return where you go and start a quest and you can't do any of the side quests anymore. But I still have one more person to recruit from my team. Oh wait, they have that in that game too. Of course, there's you know the intro where you go linear, and then there's the open end of the game where you can explore the universe and do main stuff. And then in this game, there are two separate sections where like after you've recruited enough people or you've gained a high enough level or something like that, uh, it'll put you into a portion of the game that you can't get out of. And once you finish that part, then it goes opens back up again. And then you do stuff. And then once you go and start this final part, are you then pretty much, I mean, due to the nature of the game, it you cannot go back. You know, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, it's just like the first game where it was like, okay, once we go and do this, we have to go and do this. And that's Word. it. I know. I just wish they would have found a way story-wise to work around that because I don't like that in the first game. Because I don't like. Do they at least warn you in this game that you're about to do something that that will stop you from? Because if I remember correctly, I haven't gotten to the point again in the first game where that happens. But I, if I remember correctly, there was no warning. So if you just hadn't done all your side missions, you just find out later. Oh fuck! I can't go back and do them. You got hosed. I, in the I butt. guess maybe because um, I was aware somewhat of a situation excuse me of a situation where that was going to occur but i didn't know um exactly when when, like for the first game i kind of had a feeling that when i got to a certain point that that was going to be the point based on just taking you know watching the story yeah i kind of felt okay i think i should make a separate save now and so i did that and then lo and behold when i accepted the next mission it was the the no point in no return mission um, I don't know if they warn you because I haven't actually done it, but I do know that because of the fact, and this is not a spoiler because this is something that um, is kind of like, you know, part of the synopsis. Right. But um, <laughs> what is this? Kung Fu 2? <laughs> oh, my God. Kung Fu 2. 
I'm looking at uh, um, on OneUp.com. They have a um, a, a feature called 100, 101 of the best free games for mm. uh, for Windows for for PC download. And somebody made Kung Fu Two, basically with. And with it looks games. really cool. Yeah. It's got new bosses and everything. Okay. So back to. The the game is about a suicide mission, and so because of that, you can kind of tell that when you actually are ready to partake in the suicide mission, that there's really no going back because it's a suicide mission. Um, so at that point, you know that there is they discuss the thing that initiates the um the suicide mission and you actually see it in the beginning of the game but i don't know if you can access it because i was just like i am not even gonna bother trying to access it because you know if it's too early you know you're gonna die but then as you progress in the game you realize that if you had tried before you finished the mission that requires you know that that point in overturn mission then you, you probably would have. It probably would have, like if you clicked on whatever the thing is I'm talking about that you're accessing. It would just have a game over screen. All right. That that's how the the situation looks. It's like uh, if you were to go there too early, you wouldn't even make it to the other end. It like just by default. So anyway, uh, the game is really good, and the game is really good. So is it is it? it it's kind of like you can fight Lavos at any time, but if you go too early, you're gonna get swamped. Sort of, sort of, but in this case, it would be like if you go to Lavos at this point in time, like in a comparable point in time where I'm saying like, for example, if in Chrono Trigger, you started the game and the very first time you saw the world map, you saw Lavos kind of like you do in New Game Plus. Right. But it's just regular New Game where you're level two or something like that. Right. Uh, if you went to Lavos and hit enter it would show a cutscene of you getting killed by Lavos. <laughs> without, a fight, <laughs> without a battle scene, it would just show a cutscene of you getting killed by Lavos and it's a game over. That's, that's kind of what I mean by if you were to access <laughs> this thing in the beginning of the game. Because you actually need something to make it to the other end. Right. Um, so it's, it's really got a really nice story and uh, I like a lot of the stuff that they carry over from the first game. And uh, although there are some bugs here and there, I've heard like especially with the Xbox version, um, the 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 story transition is really smooth, and there's a lot of good drama and it makes you think a lot. Um, and just overall, it's an excellent game and an excellent sequel as well. I like the fact that at first I I, I kind of it took a little getting used to, but now I like the fact that. Mass Effect 2 is more of a shooter than it is an RPG. Uh-huh. Whereas the original Mass Effect was more of an RPG than it is a shooter, although, you know, there is shooting and things like that, but most the way of that they shooting, handle it is is it feels more dice die rollish than it does, exactly. you know, straight up physics. That's what I was going to say. Right. And in this game, I don't think it's die roll. I think it's more physics like if you do a headshot uh, most likely, you know, if if it's on point where your physical targeting is on point, uh, you're always gonna hit. I, I don't know. I've never missed a headshot like or <clears throat> had performed a headshot and not have it do super critical damage. I mean, not that a headshot 
in the game would always kill the enemy. Most of the time mm-hmm. it did, but <clears throat> sometimes it'll, you know, depending on how much armor they have or what kind of being they are, it may not kill them. And uh, some in the, in the first Mass Effect, if you had like an assault rifle and you were standing like point blank to somebody, you could still miss like a zillion times. But in this game, I think that you um, will always continue to hit. Although the, there is still a, a, a radical range. You know what I mean by radical range? You know, yeah. If, if it's tight, then you know it's always going to Right. So, so like if you're moving around, it expands and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, for example, I had so a... So it's like Counter-Strike. I, right. But like I have a, a sniper rifle now. And it's mm-hmm. an auto sniper rifle. Like the original sniper rifle you get only has one shot. And you have to keep reloading after every shot. But now this one has like 12 shots or 10 shots. And I actually like bum rushed somebody and forgot, not even forget, but I thought I had the shotgun on. Because usually my character at Vanguard, like my character has a technique called charge where it's a risk reward move where you basically go I heard them talking about it, yeah. Yeah, you basically charge somebody and knock them on their ass depending on who they are or what kind of armor or protection they have. And then you're kind of assed out right there because if you do it in the wrong kind of situation, you just get smoked. But if you do it in the right situation, you can pretty much annihilate everybody that's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that, and I thought I had the shotgun on because that's usually what I use it with. But I had the sniper rifle on, and I did oh, the no. charge. And I'm auto-shooting with the, you know, because I, I was holding the... the mouse button down so I was auto shooting with the sniper rifle and I was making hits every single time even though the reticle was extremely wide so I like if this was Mass Effect 1 I would have missed probably like 90% of my shots oh right right so it sounds like they did you know it's like to to, to make an analogy it's basically from Morrowind to Oblivion because Morrowind was the same way where you know you could be right in front of a dude and you could swing and you'd miss and Oblivion that doesn't happen now you might not do damage they might block it but you don't miss Ah, yeah, um, I suppose it would be like that. Yep, 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 yep. And, uh, let's see, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about with it without giving anything away. Um, versus zombies, zombies. Yeah, I think I'm done talking about Mass Effect 2. Um, I mean, other than that, I played a little bit of Thexter Neo, and I have, uh, gotten to, like, the fourth stage. It's pretty hard, because it's... You know, one of those games where you only have one life and you have to manage your energy because every time you shoot, it uses energy. And you can put on a shield to make yourself impervious to damage and help kill enemies by ramming into them without losing energy when you get hit. But that also takes, like, eight energy to activate. So do, you have to, do you have to be in robot form, or can you ram into them with spaceship form? You can do both. Okay. Um you have some enemies that give you energy back, and then there's some enemies that extend the maximum amount of your energy. Mm-hmm. And that's cool and all. But at, at first, I was I was unable to finish like the second stage, and I kept dying on the second stage. Kept dying on the second stage, but then I started to learn it. You and need some practice. Yeah, it's not even like that. It's like you need to you know play with the right mindset. And so I managed to get to the fourth stage, which was pretty tough. And there's no kind of, um, you know, continue system or anything like that. You, I mean, the stage is really short anyway. It takes about two or three minutes to finish a stage. Uh, but I've been trying to 100% the stages, even though it's not really necessary to. You get more bonus, you know, more points and stuff like that. And sometimes you get more of an energy boost 
because you get like 10 to 20 energy or something like that when you finish a stage based on what you've done in that stage. Uh, there's also an online mode, but I didn't get to play it. Apparently, it, you play the, the stage with a whole bunch of other people, and you have to get the highest score or finish it in a fast amount of time, but I'm pretty sure there aren't really that many people who are playing it and then so, are playing so it So it's not necessarily co-op? Oh, no, it's not co-op at all. I don't even know if you're on the same screen. Okay, so uh, I gotcha. It, it, yeah, it's probably like a meter or something that shows progress of the other players. But I didn't get to do that yet. And I might have played the city maybe once or twice this week, so I see myself not playing it as much anymore. Even though there's still a whole lot left to the game. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just kinda winding down for you. Yeah, because I'm kinda I I'm not I'm restricting myself to trying to master the Destiny Odysseys, which basically involves finding every single encounter and clearing it. Uh-huh. I'm not even sure if you have to do the DP chance where you have to either kill him in 10 seconds or keep him from finding EX cores or any, you know, just whatever, do a what condition. What the hell is up with this game? There's so many things. There's there's yeah. there's PP chances and, and, and titty yep. cores and all this stuff that you have to find. And... <laughs> PP well, yeah, because, uh, well, basically there's always some kind of a bonus. There's... um. There's AP chance when you're doing uh, a versus battle or a quick battle or something like that, where if you perform whatever action they are requesting for an AP chance, then you get extra AP at the end of the battle if you win, or maybe if you lose too, I'm not sure. But basically what happens with that is it gives you more points that toward mastering your abilities so that they cost less. Uh, it costs less CP and capacity points, where... <laughs> If if you have more CP available, then you can actually equip more techniques. And, you know, that's... Do you use TP for techniques? No, you use CP for techniques. <laughs> Just making sure. No, I mean, um, you actually pull them off. You, uh, you expend TP. Yeah. No, no. Um, so you have that AP chance, and you have DP chance yeah. in the Destiny Odyssey, where if you fulfill a requirement in certain battles you gain a destiny point so that you can get whatever bonuses are available based on however many destiny points you have at the end of the level in story mode. Um, I don't know if there is a PP chance. <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's so many things. But, oh my uh, God. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's like, it's like one stat for every minigame in Plants vs. Zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Which I haven't played in a while. Ah. Uh, I, uh... Guess what I'm booting up right now, then? Plants vs. Zombies. I'm waiting for it to come up on my uh, Steam thing. Yeah, just because just I want to open the garden up. Yeah, that's usually... that. Actually, I've been, quote-unquote, playing Plants vs. Zombies all week, but I've only really opened it up to open up the garden and get some money. Um, make stanky work. But, yeah, make stanky work for his fucking pay. And <laughs> his living, he's just, like, sleep all day. And work for his pay. What are you paying him? <laughs> I'm paying him in I don't know female <laughs> snails. Female snails? Cookies. Yeah, female Cookies. snails. Um snails. I also played a little bit this morning. I played um a couple of mini games. I played the Beguled mini game and the uh slot machine minigame. Yeah, I was just playing. That's it really, I guess. I, I haven't turned on my Xbox. I've only turned on my PS3 to Watch and mind you, there's been at least two weeks. Mm, yeah, two weeks. 
uh, I've been trying to finish The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. Being that that movie is two hours and 46 minutes long, I am I still have an hour left to watch. And I've seen I've been watching it in two sessions so far. So mm-hmm. hopefully I get to finish it today. That's it for me. Austin, talk a bit. Uh, I'm talking, 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 talking. All right, move on. No, I um, as usual at work, all I have with me are portables. And since I've been working on Final Fantasy VIII, you know, whenever I have a, a spare moment, which is not very often these days, um, that's what I've been playing. Uh, for those who have played the game and know um know the discs, I am nearing the end of disc two. Um, all I will say is finding the orphanage. Um. And I, I'm starting to the the fact that the characters are really just shells, except for their limit breaks, is really starting to get to me a little bit. Like it, this is a problem that I didn't notice before. Not a problem, I should say, but this is a this is not a problem I had in the past, for the sheer reason that I was already so frustrated by the fact that like draws and 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 guardian forces summons took so long on the battlefield that that was the only thing i was focused on right that was the problem that i noticed so all of the problems i didn't even notice because i was just so pissed off at this stuff now that i've played changed my playing tactics it's like well the characters right the limit breaks offer something but in you know in my estimation squalls is the only one that kind of has a huge impact zells is all right but his his have a lot of impact as well. Like those are the only ones that I actually consider using. Oh wait, as I thought, as I said that I thought about Irvine's. Irvine's is also very good if you have the um, if you have the, the stuff right? demolition shells and the a armor increasing shells. I guess I, I need to find that stuff because like right, I, I used his limit break a couple of times and it's just like seventy six damage, seventy six, seventy nine. Yeah, if you have the armor increasing damage, it, neg- it negates the defense. And it does like some serious damage. You may need right. to get a gun upgrade, but usually you don't. And you also have to have high attack. Right, right. So, I mean, so I'm looking at these characters, and like every time, you know, it, it comes time for me to form a party. You know, whoever whoever's rolling with Squall, I just switch out the junctions, and that's it. That's all I have to do. That's and, what and I do. I'm, and I'm ready. And that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it just goes to show, to me at least, how like. <sighs> Just how kind of commoditized they kind of are, because you could just switch back and forth. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and and I, I wish it still had that level of individualness that that I still think seven started down this path, but it, it, even six started down this path. But they still at least had some some element of you know individual, like you know you know what you're getting into. So mm-hmm. like in six, the special abilities took you know I mean this was before limit breaks, but the special abilities were really key. You know, where limit breaks are something that happen when you activate them, right? That that's a stupid sentence. I'm sorry. That happen in Final Fantasy VII only based when you've on done a, bar. a certain, based on a bar, and in Final Fantasy VIII based on your health. So it's not like this is a unique ability that I will have to strategize to use within the rest of my arsenal. It's like no, I have to wait to use it. It's like a it's like a once in a lifetime, not once in a lifetime chance, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that you can use in your you can factor into your regular shit on a oh, regular. Are you talking basis. about limit breaks? Yeah. Uh, unless I, you, you keep, know what's un- funny. Unless you keep your characters weak, which is 
that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, I know, I know. I was like, I actually physically, well, I actually factored limit breaks into most of my battles. I'm like, okay, well, there's no sense in healing Squall because once I get into the next battle, I'm just going, you know, square, 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 and make sure I get my limit break, do Renzo Kuken, and then own the enemy. Without, you know, it kind of sucks to be that way, but it was effective. Right. So... I've learned, you know, I, I guess I've learned to appreciate the Guardian forces much more because those are really the characters of the game, and I, mm-hmm. I do appreciate how, yes, your characters are shells, but I guess if you want to take their their defining characteristic, which is the limit break, and combine it with the myriad ways in which you can, you know, assign Guardian forces and their abilities and mix and match things, that is cool. That certainly is cool, but again, it just still comes down to the point of. Hey, you know, it doesn't really matter who you use mm-hmm. because they're just shells. And I, I guess I miss that. Um, now, on the flip side of that, what all that stuff that I just said about the mixing and matching, like uh, it, it's it's kind of like the 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 flips the the dark side. I don't want to call it the dark side because that implies negativity, but it's like the job system's evil brother. <laughs> you know, and I think that as far as an evolutionary step goes. It's something that a lot of people who hate this game or hated on this game, such as myself, really miss out on when they when they just decide to do the auto junction. Like I, I you know, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm, the, I am happy that I've taken the time to understand how this game works better because I am, you know, like you, Al, I am now actually enjoying it and not just slogging through it because it's a Final Fantasy and I kind of owe it to the franchise because I've been a franchise fan, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I, I am. I am looking forward to playing it whenever I get the chance instead of, you know, oh, I got to go through more of this. Yeah, exactly. Like the the and the funny thing is, is that the battles are still when I'm like, "Eh," because I I inevitably will sit there when I see a new spell or a useful spell. I will, you know, I have uh, sleep junction to squall or my other attackers. And so I will inevitably just attack every enemy on the screen once to put them to sleep. And then just draw for like 10 minutes. <laughs> not because it's fun. Not because I want to draw, but because I want to be prepared in the best way possible to have as many spells as I can. Because that's mm-hmm. the way that you maximize your ability in the game. And it's like, you know, there's always the argument, well, if you don't like it, why are you doing it so much? But it's just like in any other game, there's something that's stupid that you have to do to get the maximum benefit out of it. Mortal Kombat Deception had that really stupid conquest mode. Really dumb, really ugly, stupid quests, stupid stories. Yeah, that uh, Grand Theft Auto thingy, right? It's terrible, but you kind of have to do it if you want to unlock the best of the game's things, right? So it's like Mm. you endure it, and is it worth it in the end? Probably. Could they have made it better so you don't have to ask yourself, quote, unquote, is it worth it? They probably could have. They most likely could have. And that's my biggest issue with this is that, like, yes, yes, you need to do it to – to maximize the benefit that you get out of Final Fantasy VIII. Yes, it's something good to do, and yes, it is my choice to do it, but they, I still think that they're, so, they're, they're smart guys. There is some way they could have made it better. I'm not a game designer. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But like, I feel that that one thing is... It, the funniest thing is that for most of the Final Fantasy games, like battles are usually what I'm looking forward to the most. And in this, it's finding new Guardian forces around the map or, or, or th- well, okay, that's part of a battle, so yeah, there you go. But, you mm-hmm. know, find, exploring the new locations, which is, which is what you usually should look forward to in an RPG. That's what, that's what normal people look forward to. The story, the locations, the characters, and all that stuff. And I guess this game is just like, for, for better or for worse, is like, hey, 
Austin, guess what? This is what you're supposed to like. You, you like the wrong thing in previous Final Fantasies. Now you're liking the right things, and you hate the battles. Because like, like, everybody I talk to like, I, I don't play the games for the battles. They're stupid. Right. And I'm just like, what? Atma Weapon was such an awesome battle. You know? Yeah, it was an awesome battle. You know, things like that. You know? and, and in this, I'm just not really looking forward to battles. I'm like, all right, well, fine. I'll just draw. What, you know, I, what I really look forward to is sitting there and going, all right, I got this new Guardian Force. What can he offer me? Okay, I'm going to junction into that. What new spell can I junction into my hit points? How does it affect it? Ooh, I, I just drew regen. Can I junction that to something and have my character automatically you know, regenerate hit points going into a battle, which I don't think is possible yet. I don't think I found the right um, ability to junction it to, if, it, if that, that's even possible. No, it, it would have to... No, actually... There is nothing. I think you, there may be an auto region. Um, no, no, that was Final Fantasy X. Never mind. Yeah, so, and I think they had something for nine too. But you know, you know what I mean. Things like that. It's like, huh? I wonder if this will work. What What happens? And I said this before. Like, what happens when I junction Asuna or Life? Holy crap! It sends up my immunity for a whole bunch of things up like fifteen percent. That's cool. Do I want to sacrifice that because I want a life spell? I don't know. And you know that that's all great. Mm-hmm. That is all great. And you know, again. I, oh my God, Stinky fell asleep again. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, that's the type of thing again. That's like you know what? It's a good thing that I decided to try it again. Um, I wanted so, to mention that. Yeah, I'm I sorry. Felt the exact same way about the battles, and that's why I was so happy to get um, Encounter None from Diablos. Ah, uh, that is necessary. Like not necessary, but it really helps out a lot. Did you had mentioned something over the week about your magic lamp? Did you actually get the magic lamp? I actually did, and I did beat Diablos. Oh, good. Um, train, encounter half, and encounter none, because those... I mean, you just put encounter none, and then you can just explore as much as right. you want, and not have to worry about every five seconds getting stuck in some stupid battle, and, you know, killing enemies and getting experience unnecessarily. Yeah. And, and, and you know like what? That. Especially with the, with the level scaling, it, it's, it's stupid, because, what, they, they scale to Squall, right? I think they scale to Squall. And so, you know, like you were saying before, all the other characters in your party, if they're not up to snuff, they're going to they're gonna get, you know, d- destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, why would you, like, there are games where scaling works. There are games where scaling is part of the, the game world. And I, I think that in this case, scaling doesn't fit within this universe unless they change up the way they do it. You know, my friend Chris made a good point that he liked the scaling because he didn't think that you should be able to just walk through the game like a god. You know, mm-hmm. there are some schools of thought that say you should be able to walk through the game like a god because that's the work that you put into leveling up. That is your reward. Now, that's two different schools of thought. I, I, I am equally um, open to both schools, but my biggest problem is the fact that, hey, you're scaling it to just one guy. That's true. And it, so that, you know, yeah. they do it in Mass Effect, but everyone has the same level in Mass Effect where – you know, you get level 16, and it's not like, oh, you have Shepard at level 16, and then um, your other characters at 12, 13, 14. It's once you gain that level, everybody gains that same level. So it's like they a party level. kind of have it like that, but then that defeats some of the um, the variants <clears throat> in... Well, it doesn't really defeat any variants, but it kind of defeats some variants in character skill levels in Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. So they probably wouldn't go ahead and do it like that. Right. But yeah, so that 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 has the eight, you know, good times. Um, I'm gl- I'm glad I tried it again. But the other thing that I've been working on, kind of, is Assassin's Creed. Um, as I as I mentioned last week, um, I, I got through the first three areas after the podcast. No, yeah, after the podcast. Um, at some point, and 
that opened up the whole like you can skip between places with just a button press instead of having to walk all over. And I like when I finished the third assassination, I went back to Masiaf and I started talking to the guy and he's like, You have three new missions, go. I left Masiaf and the menu came up and said, Which where would you like to quick travel? And I literally threw down the controller, jumped up and said, Thank God and I told up you. Of plane. <laughs> No, I know, but I'm saying it's like it's just I, I you telling me is one thing. Me finally getting to that point is another. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Because it's just like you, you told you, you told me that it happens, but I'm sitting there through the first three assassinations, going like, "Oh my God, Al said it happens, but it's not happening for me yet. I just want it to be over with. Can you just please give me the quick travel? Yeah! Yeah! You gotta get there first, you know, for the first time. No, I know. It's just ugh. But the, here's the thing, I so so I did the first two assassinations, right? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, or I should say, I did the first one. Okay. And I did, and I started doing the second one in uh, in Jerusalem. The, yeah, I did Damascus. I did Damascus, Jerusalem, and Accra. Okay, so the second one was in Jerusalem. So, you know, I I, I did something stupid. I think when I went back to where I, I traveled back to the kingdom for some reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when I left, I still had to go to Jerusalem. I didn't. I didn't get the option to say. I didn't get the option that said, "Do you want to quick travel to Jerusalem?" So. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's the type of thing where it's like, okay, they give you the quick travel, but you have to do all three first instead of just like saying, you've been to this place, now you can quick travel, which is what Oblivion does. When you go to a location for the first time, no matter where it is or when it happens, you get to quick travel there. Right. Instead of saying, well, you have to go to these – well, and, and Oblivion's a totally different game, so I understand that. But you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's different in that respect. I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I am now five assassinations deep. I am uh I just finished um the fifth one before we got on this podcast. Uh, and I told you this offline before Al, but <laughs> I came home pretty drunk yesterday and I started playing it and you would not believe how well I was scaling buildings and just doing free running all over when I was drunk <laughs> because I just didn't care. And you know the the thing is that when you don't care, you you you're less you know, you're less inclined to be anal about like every every which way you're facing and like the, you know, tweaking your direction so that you make the jump just right because the game actually does that for you. Pretty much, as long as you're angled. Yeah, if it's in the generally, if it's in the right direction. So I'm just like skipping across buildings and stuff, and then this morning I wake up and I start playing it, and I'm back to my old like, okay, okay, I gotta stand this way, tweak the camera this way, and then jump. Why don't I just run? I should just run, and so I just played really dumb and just ran and it, and it, and it just worked um, but this assassination was the merchant king the fat dude and um, I jumped on the stat- they, there's a statue in the middle of the courtyard where, where he is you know, making a speech and when he walks away uh, one of the many things you could do is jump on the statue and then leap onto a ledge so that you can get to where his balcony is and as he's walking away you're supposed to somehow get up to him and you know shank him in the jugular did you saw, try and do that because I, I was like i don't want to do that oh uh, he was walking and i just saw him walking down his room and i'm like shit i don't see soldiers so i'm gonna just walk and so i was walking after him i used the eagle vision right and so mm-hmm. you know i'm following this big pulsating gold thing especially because he's fat so he's pulsating um yeah. so i'm walking after him and then like i see all these big red 
glowing things just coming at me, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's the guards. And then he starts running, and I'm like, oh, crap. And so I just start <laughs> running after him, and he turns a corner, and I just jump on him because, you know, obviously he's not, you know, good with cardio. Um, I jump on him, and I shank him, and, he's, and you know, he gives his 27-minute speech as he's bleeding out, and then he dies. Um, but I just thought it was funny that, you know, I, I thought I was scot-free, and then, like, just out of nowhere, these soldiers start coming. Like, oh, there's the infidel! <laughs> and you know what? I, I wish that – I really, really wish – that they would, you know, what's the uh, what's the word for it? That they would mix up the voice acting just a little bit, because every time I climb a building, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to hurt himself, and when he does, I'm not going to help him. Or if you're in a different city, what's he doing? He's going to hurt himself. Well, when he does, I'm not going to help him. I'm like, that's the same line in a different accent. Come on now. Yeah, it, it, that reminds <laughs> me of uh, the the guys. Uh, who are talking to the people who you have to save, and they say the exact same thing just with different accents. Like you dirty thief, I'll have your hand with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and then it'd be like you dirty thief, I'll have your hand for that. You dirty thief. Yes, yeah, same thing. And I'm just like, really? Come on, you you know you got to mix it up just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you you get more invested in the game, and I'm talking in the second person. I don't know why. But before where I was just like, I, I cannot wait to get this over with. Like now that I have the free travel and I don't have to worry about the, the open world stuff, for, which is the reason I don't really play open world games aside from Oblivion because Oblivion gives you fast yeah, travel. It's just warp, right? Yeah. Um, and the big thing for me is like exploring dungeons randomly, like just walking into the side of a dungeon and just exploring it. That's why I play Oblivion. I love it for mm-hmm. that reason. That is a good reason. But like Grand Theft Auto, I have no in- intention of just walking down the street and seeing what's there. I don't care. And the same way with Assassin's Creed for some reason. Like, I don't care about walking through the kingdom, you know, and just, you know, seeing what's there. I love climbing towers. There. <laughs> I like climbing towers, I'll tell you that much. Like, a lot of people complain that this game is very repetitive, and it is. Um, I absolutely cannot stand, like, that, that they give you, like, seven to eight pickpocketing missions. Well, I should say this. I, I cannot stand the fact that the pickpocketing missions are the most kind of, so far in my experience, are the most obvious ones out there. And like, not until you like climb the third or fourth tower do you actually start to see, oh, there's an eavesdropping. Oh, there's an, in, there's a, uh, an interrogation. Oh, there's an informant. Like, most of my experience has been, oh, look, there are 20,000 pickpocketing missions out there. Let me go climb every single tower to find the other missions because I hate pickpocketing. I, mm. I really hate pickpocketing. Like, I... I cannot get it to work consistently. Maybe I just suck. But in your guys' experience, you, you guys tell me, how, how do you best pickpocket? It, this is in the first one, right? Yeah, the first one. Yeah. I honestly can't remember <laughs> how I did it in the first one. Because I know in the second one, it, I don't know if it works the same, but you just would hold the, you know, the, the, the slow action button or whatever, A or whatever, and just like you just keep bumping into people. Um, bumping into people? Yeah, and that's how you pickpocket in the second one. Oh, you pickpocket from the front? Like you can pickpocket from anywhere, as far as I know, as long as you just, you just you like in the second. This is what I remember from the second one: you hold down A and you just move forward, and everyone you bump into, you're pickpocketing. But that's civilian. That's like, different. Yeah, because this one you're actually pickpocketing information, right? Well, even if you were if you were just pickpocketing knives, you actually you actually have to go from behind them and you stick your hand out and you have to put your hand. Oh into right. Your okay, I do remember that. Get your hand out of my pocket. <laughs> um. Yeah, I can't remember if I had any successful way of doing that. <laughs> See, like, I got it to work with flying colors sometimes, and I couldn't get it to work on others. Like, I would, I would be stepping in a group of scholars, step out, hold B, step back in. Or I'd go in a crowd, um, and I'd just hold the blend button. Stop blending, hold B, get back in the crowd. 
sometimes it will work. Sometimes with the scholars, it always worked, but with the crowd, sometimes it will work and sometimes it doesn't. And it's just like, where is the consistency there? I, I feel like that's, you know, just annoying and I couldn't, I just could not do it. So I, I just reverted to, to saying if I could find any other mission, I would do that instead. And I always just uh, them out of investigations at this point. Well, I'll tell you, um, I really didn't have a problem with pickpocketing. Um, and the main reason, the not main reason, but the main thing I did was or should I say my main points of advice are to first off make sure that you are doing it while they're walking because if they stop then, they'll then turn they're around. more aware and they'll yeah. turn around and see you because usually they stop because you're following them for too long Right. so a lot of times what you can do is just stay a good distance behind them wait till they start walking and then kind of try and walk you know you do a little bit of a faster walk when you get close enough you Zoom onto them or lock onto them, and then kind of stick your hand out. You can probably, I don't remember if you can just kind of walk with your hand stuck out. I don't even think that that's a possibility. Well, That'd be funny. He's just like, What are you doing? Yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is he doing? Is he trying to grab my breast? Um, <laughs> is he trying to grab my buttocks? Oh, I would like that to grab my ass. You dirty thief, I have your hand. But anyway, um, <laughs> I caught you, you stupid bitch. <laughs> bitch, I caught you. Uh, <laughs> The uh, as long as they're walking, uh, you get you you kind of just get it done without any problem. And I don't really know if guards kind of see you trying to pickpocket, but that seems to work for me. And it, it's a lot easier, I guess, if you're trying to pickpocket knives. Once you get, you know, I don't know if you got knives yet. Throwing knives. I do. I do have knives. Yeah. Um, I, I never use them. They're gonna be your best friend once you start facing those archers on the roofs. Because they'll be like, you're not, you, you don't belong here. And usually as, lo- as long as they can see you and they're talking to you and you have that, you know, flashing red where it's like, oh, shit, if I let them keep seeing me or if they finish their sentence, I'm going to get in trouble. You can throw a knife at them. But you know what I do usually is they see me. And so I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll go. Like, I'll, I'll be walking on the roof just strutting and being like, I have a hood on and you, you don't. And they'll see me and they'll be like, like, you do not belong here keep your distance and i'm like okay i'm gonna keep my distance i drop down to a ledge not not an, a ledge or like the side of the building and i start mm-hmm. like creeping over there and they don't see me so they're like all right so they turn around and they walk and as soon as they do i come right back up run and just shank them in the throat mm, see that's a good technique too but if you're on the run which is usually what i was i was just like on the run just either trying to get somewhere or being chased by somebody mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times i can't get to somebody because they're on the next building so i'll just turn around hit L and then throw a knife and then keep going. Oh. <laughs> and you you know, it always hits and a lot of times they get hit with a knife and then they fall off the building and it distracts. I, I guess I should be careful because I, I actually enjoy the combat. Not that it's all that good, but I just like watching it. It's very so, enjoyable. Like I'll just I'll just fight and I'll watch people and like they'll be like, Who did this? You there, stop and I'll start running. They're like, wait, no. <laughs> I can kick their ass. And so I just stand there and I fight more. And I'll, I'll keep, I'll fight for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and, and, and just fight because like if they're going to come out. Now, here is the question. Am I wasting my time? Because I was under the impression that um, at least, you know, unless things like really reboot, there is a finite number of guards. Um, is that true? I don't think so. I know that there are the, the guards that are standing in certain places do not respawn. So a lot of times what you can do is you can, uh, like, 
can walk down. Say there's a whole bunch of guards standing in front of an area, and you need to get into that area, and there's no scholars. Mm-hmm. You'll have to kill on the guard that's patrolling. And once you kill the guard that's patrolling, uh, just kind of like on some walk up to him and just kill him and keep walking type of thing. Right. They'll walk up to him and say, who's done this? Or, you know, uh, this is an outrage or whatever they say. Right, right. And then you, a either, you either sneak into where they left their post or you can come back around and kill them and then go into their post. And then after you kill them, then they don't come back. But a lot of times if I'm just impatient and I don't feel like waiting, I will literally walk up to them and kill them and get into <laughs> a big fight. And then wind up fighting homeless people. Like there was some point where I had to uh, get to a tower. And I think this was in Jerusalem, and there was no way to get through the guards, and no no way to go around it. And so I got into this big like five minute fight. I had a whole bunch of bodies just dead on the ground, and people <laughs> kept walking by and saying, "Who did this?" And I'm sitting there <laughs> fighting. So they join the fight, and they keep dying. And I mean, apparently, there's an achievement to last ten minutes in open combat. So I'm yeah, assuming there's, the I haven't patrols gotten yet, keep no. coming. It's not like there's a finite number of patrols, but the standing guards, I think there's a finite number of them. Okay. Except for like the front door guards and stuff like that. I, I think one of my favorite segments in that game so far, um, for me personally, has been in, um, is it Accra? Yeah, it's Accra, in the rich district of Accra, where I'm supposed to kill William de Montferrat, whatever. Oh, Montserrat? Yeah. And yeah, it's a motherfucker. He's in his little, you know, fortress. He's writing in, in his little corner room saying, like, I'm all emo because I hate the king. And, like, you know, he, you know, uh, I'm attracted mm-hmm. to him, but he doesn't like me and all that shit. And so the, I, you know, I made it a point. For some reason in Accra, I wanted to find every single viewpoint because, I don't know, there's something about the way that that city's structured that I was just like, oh, I might as well just find it. Like, I'm in Jerusalem now, and I, I found, like, seven viewpoints, and I'm just like, eh, I'll stop. In Accra, I'm like, no, I want to find every one of them. Um and so I did, but one of them is in his fortress. So I was, you know, I, I guess in trying to find that viewpoint, I started to understand the lay of the land in that fortress. And, like, the, the outer walls, where they're, they're like parapets, and thanks, Pete, for reminding me that that word exists, by the way. Um, <laughs> they're parapets, and, like, they're, they're also just walls, and, like, there are soldiers standing on the parapets. There are soldiers patrolling the walls, and... So, like, I, I did this thing where I climbed up the front of the fortress. And, you know, obviously people are like, oh, what is he doing? Oh, he must not be from this land. And, you know, I'm climbing. <laughs> and I, I make it up to the parapet. And I, I shuffle over to the side a little bit. This is a center parapet. I jump down and I shank the guard standing there immediately. I jump down from the parapet onto the lower level. And there's a, a patrolman who's his back to me. I run up to him and I shank him immediately. Then I jump back out. Onto the onto the edge of the wall, and I keep running to the um, to the left uh, if you're facing the fortress. And I get into another parapet, shank that guy, shank the patroller, and then like I, I I jump back outside to the corner. Now I'm at the corner of the fortress at the parapet. I jump on top and I drop down because you know all the parapets have like a like a wooden platform where the soldiers stand, and then a ladder to go down to the other level. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, for anyone who's played this, this isn't awkward. This isn't his fortress. So if you remember that sequence, that's that's what I'm talking about. And so I, I went to the corner parapet. I jumped down into the hole, and, like, there, is one, there, there are two soldiers with their backs to me. One facing, um, 
one facing towards the middle parapet on the front wall and one facing towards the rear. And they don't even know that I'm there. So I, I shank one and then shank the other like before the other one falls to the ground. And, and mm-hmm. like, well, actually, no, it has to be after he falls to the ground because I, I was worried that he would hear it and turn around, but he didn't. So I'm like, all right. And the instant that I shanked the other soldier, there was a patrolman walking with his back to me away from me. I ran into him and I shanked him. I climbed out to the other out, outer side of the wall, got behind another soldier who was standing there, shanked him. So it was basically this whole sequence of like shank, jump, shank, jump, jump, crawl, climb, shank, shank, jump, run, shank, shank. And I'm like, this is really awesome. This should be the whole game. Like, forget the pickpocketing shit. This should just be the whole game. I should just be able to walk up to dudes and be like, shaboom. And, you know, they die. So that was, like, my favorite run. And then um, then I, I killed Monferrat, and, like, people were running after me. And, like, I would get to, like, those little huts where you could jump in so that your, your, um, your witness meter goes back to white or green. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I'd break their line of sight, it would flash yellow for a second. But the instant I would jump into the hut, it would flash red again. So Altair had to, like, was forced out. Right. So I'm just like, I made it in in time. Don't be mean to me. Just let me stay in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's becoming much better, again, now that I have the quick travel. And, and now that I've, you know, made it a point to avoid pickpocketing and also, like, the fact that I like climbing towers and viewpoints – to, to expose all the other types of missions that I can right. tolerate. So, like, yeah, it's repetitive. Yeah, all, I, think, I think all the complaints that people had against it are true. The, the differing factor is whether or not that bothers you. Because, you know, if, if you are if, – if you still enjoy kind of – and I, I really hate to, you know, bring this up again because some people think it's snobby. But if you enjoy old school things, like if you still enjoy your Dragon Warrior – Wow, I even called it Warrior. If you still enjoy the leveling up in Dragon Quest and all that stuff, and that stuff is so repetitive, but if it's just like, if you're just kind of like in it and you're like, whatever, the, I'm used to this, I'm feeling it, this won't be that much of a problem. And I think it only becomes a problem when you're like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm comparing this to Grand Theft Auto because Grand Theft Auto has so many different missions, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, you know, all right, if you're used to that, then yeah, you might be disappointed that, you know, it's pickpocket, pickpocket, but, you know. I get. I think. I, I think it's not a problem for me personally because I'm avoiding all the repetitive stuff, or at least I'm not repeating the stuff. Completionists will have a problem with this game. Hey, that's me. If they, I'm saying, if they have a problem with like a little bit of repetitiveness and a completionist, then that overblows it. But you know, someone like you, Pete, I think, where you you don't mind repetitiveness sometimes, depending on what the, what the type of game is. Obviously, this hasn't bothered you because I know you love this game. Yeah, I mean, I did struggle with some of those things just because like. I do remember some of the stuff being hard, and I obviously didn't complete everything in the game. Like, I didn't do all the flag stuff or whatever, but, I mean, that wasn't essential to, like, right. the actual missions. Um, but even that stuff bugs me. I do want to go back and complete that. But uh, the game in itself for a completionist is it's – a, it's a tough haul. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't like the flag thing because it's yeah. really – it feels so random. Like, oh, here's a flag. How do you know where to look, right? I mean, it, it's, it's one of those – you know what? I shouldn't say that because – like a lot of games that have these optional things, you don't know where to look. But for me, there's something about the way they place these flags that just seem so arbitrary. Sometimes they will place a flag in the middle of a fountain in a town square, and it's right there in front of you. And it's like, all right, so this one's here, and then there's another one in like some hidden shadowy corner somewhere. What, you know, what's the deal? Like, right. I, I feel like I feel like in Zelda or games like that, the heart containers, they, you know. Either you'll somehow come across them naturally if you decide to explore, 
or you can see them in the distance. And the question is, how do I get there? With the right. flags, I like. I feel like I have to, you know, find some back alley that has no other consequence other than to have just one flag. I feel like that also with the Templar. Like there are some areas where it's like, oh, yeah, uh, that's there's it. a that's dark it. alley back there. There's probably a Templar, and usually they put Templar in places where you can fight them or you can assassinate them without getting in trouble. But then right. sometimes you'll be in a fight doing, say, um a saved citizen and that Templar comes out of nowhere you're like what the fuck like where did he come from yeah and then it's like oh achievement unlocked you killed the Templar I'm like great cool I didn't realize that but okay <laughs> um but yeah I think the only repetitive thing that I've done that I truly enjoy um no the, the, I should say the two things right the, so those two things that I enjoy that are repetitive are climbing the towers and uh killing Nazis no killing the um <laughs> killing the guys who are harassing the citizens so I I yeah. I just like watching them die because <laughs> they're mean. Anyway. I love um, opening it up with a, a rushing uh, – like I'll put my target on there. But before they can realize that I'm like there to kill them, I run and do a lunging assassination on the first That's one. That's awesome. You know I what love I, opening it up with that. I got to try that because what I do instead is you know, I, I, I kind of walk and I face away from the guy who's standing there like telling people to stay away because they're busy harassing dudes. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm walking towards the person who's getting harassed, but not entirely. Like, I'm walking, like, at an angle, so it looks like I'm sort of walking away. And then at the last minute, like, I'll have my hidden blade unsheathed, right? And I'll walk next to the guy, and he'll, he'll, he'll turn to face me because he wants you to go away. Right. right. But, you know, but I'm still, you know, just walking, like, half not really there. And then all of a sudden, I'll just make a really quick turn, hit Y. And, he'll, and then they'll be like, oh, my God! Like, so, so I'm, not even, <laughs> I'm not even running at them. I'm just like... And then the fight starts. Um, I definitely like that hidden blade. Uh, that should be in every video game. Yeah, pretty much. Including Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> that I'm playing right now. Um, Alright, that's it for what we've been playing. Wow, we went for um, like a day. Yeah, nah. shit, shit, wow. Um, and it's can already one thirty. Can I mention one uh, last thing? Yes. Because uh, I did forget something, but it's not that super long or important. I was just going to say that I... I started kind of getting back in this, into The Sims 3 again. And uh, I, just in case anybody out there is of the same mind as me, um, I was a huge fan of The Sims 2, and I was super psyched for when Sims 3 was coming out and stuff. And then it came out, and it's a great game, but it was missing one of the all-important features for, for someone like me who likes to create. It didn't have the uh, town or neighborhood creation aspect, oh. um, which you could do in Sims 2. So they like stripped that out for Sims 3. But they finally released a. Uh, it's it's in it's says it's in a beta program. But they released the actual tool for making worlds. Um, if you go to Sims3.com under like tools or something there, it's called it's just World Builder. It's a lot more involved than the actual one from Sims 2 because this is like an actual outside uh, program for creating like the actual world. Um, whereas in you could if you could do the same sort of stuff in Sims 2 and it's in-game editor. Um, but it was uh, a bit more user friendly in that, whereas this is like actually using a like modeling 3D model, you know, world crafting tool, I guess, like program. Uh, so it's it's a bit more uh, complicated, but it does it does say it has an in-game editor, which I haven't tried yet. Uh, so I'm going to try that out. But, yeah, if anybody's like me and, and stopped playing The Sims 3 or wasn't interested because they had that, they now technically have that. So I'll probably talk more about that in the future. Future, we time travel, we play Rost. All right, that's going to do it for what we've been playing. We will be right back with something. We don't know yet. Stay tuned.
We're back, and we are going to uh, we're going to revive the news topic for a little bit. Um, we're going to go five minutes with each topic. Each one of us brings one topic, kind of like Bitmob, sort of, I guess, um, except it's not as involved because it's just news. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll go first quickly because I, I don't have too much to say about this, but I um, I wanted to bring up Sonic Four because this is the fourth game in the Sonic series. All other the games don't exist. It's, Sonic it's Sonic. just Sonic Four. It, it is Sonic right after Sonic Three. There has been no Sonic the Hedgehog since Sonic... No, no, because Sonic and Knuckles is Sonic and Knuckles, not Sonic 3. So there has been no well, Sonic... I, I said Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Oh, is that what it's called? That's if you put Sonic 3 on top of Sonic and Knuckles, it's called Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Huh, there's a loophole there. I'm, I, I, I wish we had like a jury to see if that counts, only because it didn't have a number after the Knuckles. So it should be Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> I don't even know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Sonic, Sonic 4 is the first Sonic game... Since 1990-whatever. Uh, so, one, uh, three. <laughs> since Sorry. 1993. The first three. Sonic game ever. Kind of like how, um... What was... Uh, kind of how, like, Madden 10 is the 10th Madden game. Or is it? But it's not. But it's not, right. No. Um, so, yeah, they announced... Uh, I know there was a news story that we were talking about a couple of... Uh, not even a couple of episodes, but, like, many, like many months ago, I think. They released a, um, a teaser trailer for Sonic, and it was like, oh... You know, we want to bring Sonic back to the gameplay that everyone knew and loved. And it was like, great, but what's it going to be? So they released a trailer, uh, I think, a couple of days ago. Um, well, but a couple of days ago from the 6th of February. It depends on when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that showed a very quick snippet of 2D gameplay. And it looked like, it basically looked like they took the Genesis game and made it super high res. And I kind of almost shed a tear when I saw that because it's like, thank god because the best sonic games in my opinion that have come out since the original sonic have been sonic rush which is the 2d game for ds or sonic advance which is you know the the 2d game for game boy advance um Mm -hmm. which is and and bear in mind i i you know i am very cautious about saying it's better because it's 2d i i do not believe in that generalized statement just because it's in 2d means it's better the same way that other people believe that 2d is so old and 3d is automatically better i don't believe in either of those statements you know, but, I I think though, just to interrupt really quickly, mm-hmm. I think it's more that the <clears throat> the design and its execution work better in the original two D format than it does in the three D format. Yeah, and I and I think it has simp- it simp- it has to do simply with the fact that it, uh, with the type of game that Sonic is. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it, it by nature, a, a lot of its emphasis was on speed. And the the reason why I personally think Mario worked in 3D is because they didn't emphasize something that was so dependent on the 2D format. Well, they did because it was the first, you know, big time platformer for the modern day, you know, systems, you know, following in Pitfall's wake, right? But they're able to translate that type of play more smoothly into a 3D world, I think, if they do it right. You know, and right. I think something like Mario Galaxy shows that because they've done it. You know, it, in all the years of evolution, Galaxy becomes this game where platforming, or even Mario sixty four, platforming feels good, even though it takes a little while to get used to it because you're just not used to it. It feels good. You know, I know there's some games where it doesn't work, like Turok. You know, that <laughs> more, first person shooter that's different. You know, but with Sonic, it's just you know, I saw that clip and I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm looking forward to what it does. You know what? I you know I, I posted a comment on Ron's Facebook page that when he linked to that that said like as long as there's no cream the rabbit oh yeah you know what if there is cream the rabbit but it still has that classic gameplay 
I don't care. Fine. Bring on Cream the Rabbit. Because you know what? It's the the reason to me the reason why the Sonic 3Ds have sucked is mainly because it's just not the right format for this type of game. And yes, Cream the Rabbit and like whatever I forget what other animal they put in there, but you know, whatever other people they put in there that 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 make the game even worse. You mean like uh Big the Cat? Yes. <laughs> oh. But you know what I mean? It's like those are bad, yeah, but if you could somehow like shoehorn them into the regular 2D gameplay, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't care. Because I remember with Sonic Advance 1, which I used to have, like I I could have sworn that, that like you could unlock like Cream or, or or some other female animal. I think it was a female hedgehog or something. Yeah, I'm going to actually it's look Sonic's that up girlfriend. now. But like Sonic's girlfriend. I I thought he was banging a human. Oh wait, no, no, no. Not not Sonic's girlfriend was a cat. Oh, pink cat. I'm looking it up. That, right I think now. that that was the girl you could play with. Pink the and cat. Maybe it was her. pink. No, I forget her name. Um, but she was playable in Sonic Adventure Two, and she shot a gun and stuff. I think. Oh, mm. it's Amy. Amy, yes. In Sonic Advance, and like that was fine. That's the because because the gameplay worked. And she was kind of fast, wasn't she? Uh, yes. Let it wasn't see. like they changed the game and had her shooting a gun. Uh, a, a little gun with a... a right. A, oh, Shadow a, the Hedgehog. Punch, yeah, a, none a of that. boxing glove on the end of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but no, no. Uh, it says, Amy is actually pretty fast, almost as fast as Sonic. If you jump three times in a row, you will go higher each time. So it's it, he, she's basically got a triple jump. Right. You know, things like that. So I, I think it works in a 2D way. Like, even if the characters are really stupid, fine, as long as the game works. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that they're going episodic with it. Yeah, um, and, and hopefully they actually do something really cool with the story to make you care and not just be like, oh, there's more levels. Oh, there's more levels, and now there's a new character. See, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they're new, if it's basically like each episode is like eight worlds or, or five worlds or something, and they sold mm-hmm. it for 15 bucks, I w- or 10 bucks even. I, I wouldn't mind um, because, like, honestly, like, I look at Sonic, and I'm like, this story is really stupid. I don't care. Like, there, there's nothing interesting about the story in Sonic or in Mario unless you're talking about a Mario RPG. Like, True. in my opinion, like, I've, I've always felt that all those stories are, like, some of the worst things I've ever seen. And I'm like, I don't care because the game is great. So when you do episodes with Sonic, that kind of, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if they <laughs> do a good story this time, then, yes, it's worth it. But all I really care about is, hey, Sonic, hey, in, in three more months, more Sonic. In three more months, more Sonic. And there's no, like, weird 3D thing, like, you know, whatever the hell that Sonic game that I bought for the Wii was, or or some stupid, you know, platforming, uh, 3D platformer with a lot of boxes, like in the Xbox 360 Sonic, or all that crap, you know, just give oh, me God. pure adrenaline. Loading the screen in between each. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just give me adrenaline. Give me rings to collect, you know. That's all I want out of this. And, you know, people who don't like 2D and, and think it's stupid, fine, go ahead. Don't buy the game. I am going to buy this game. I hope. If it, if, it, if it turns out okay. If it doesn't, then I won't. I'm pretty sure it'll turn out okay. Any, anything to chime in? Uh, you were going to say something about story and stuff. I'm sorry. And I cut Me? Out. Yeah. Oh, no. I was just saying um, that it would be interesting, well, more interesting if there was some kind of uh, story developing through the episodes that would kind of justify it being episodic. But quite frankly, more levels is a justification anyway. It's pretty good. I, I guess if they could be, yeah, see, story I, really doesn't make any sense. It's just, you know, 
Dr. Eggman the, is yeah. trying to destroy the world with cast emeralds, get the cast emeralds, perform, and beat him. Bye. If it has to, if it has to be done in order to motivate people to buy the game, then they should make a, this is me being snarky, but then they should make a story. You know? You know? Yeah. Instead and the of only like, story yeah, that I think. Oh, I, want, I want to take over the world. Now he stopped me and I'm a hedgehog. I, I don't know what I just said. The only story that I thought was interesting was the Sonic CD one because that actually had something to do with the game. Like how you play through the game actually determined yeah. whether you got a good ending or a bad ending, which was as simple as get all the Chaos Emeralds or don't because of the whole time shifting thing. But then again, the levels, like, I think uh, the third level always changed because it was each uh, zone had three levels, and there were two levels where if you didn't get the Chaos Emeralds, the third level would be a dark and destroyed kind of version. And if you did get the Chaos Emeralds, the third level would be a, a lighter and saved version of the third level. And I uh-huh. like that a lot. Right, right. But they probably won't do that for this one. Pete, are, are you, have you just given up on Sonic, or, or are you actually... Do you, do you think you might want to uh, dip your toes into this water? Oh, I'll definitely try it. I mean, obviously, it'll have a demo because it's coming out on Xbox Live Arcade. And I was going to say, I remember when we first uh, when we first brought up Project Needle Mouse a couple episodes back, you know, a few months ago or whatever, and we weren't sure what it was going to be. I think I said that uh, it, need, it it has to be a 2D game and on Xbox Live Arcade because we weren't sure at that time if it was going to be, you know, a full retail release or right. what we were going to do. Right, um, right. So I'm glad that Sega listened to me specifically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have Sega reps listening to this podcast as we speak. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sega, I'll de- you have a job for any of us. I'll definitely try it. Uh, like I said, uh, at least it'll be. I know there'll be a demo, so I'll try it. And if it's good, I'll pay up to fifteen dollars for it. Um, I I, sure. I agree with you that Sonic is a game. Obviously, the three D thing has never worked for them, and the two D games have been the good ones. Uh, I never got a chance to try Sonic Rush, but. I know that that was like highly rated and considered, you know, one of the best modern Sonic games. So it's um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yes. it's really good. Especially it's a double screen game, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. For the vertical yeah. aspect, going vertical, like going up a loop and then coming down on the bottom screen was really cool. From what I saw, like the two minutes I saw of it yeah. at <laughs> your place, I really wanted that game. I think it's still yeah. yeah it's it maybe maybe I, Amazon has it for like ninety bucks, <laughs> <laughs> or or nine bucks, and I'd be like. Oh, but I won't get it yet. Nine bucks. Uh, Pete, what is your news uh, spectacularismo? Which okay, one? okay, <laughs> okay. Going on to me. Um, my actually uh, has to do with uh, Game Room, the Xbox Live uh, arcade game thing that they're going to be putting out. Where you know you you make your own kind of like home, where you make your own rooms and put in, put arcade games, and then you play the arcade games, which you can do on Xbox Live Arcade already. But this is in a virtual arcade. Yeah. And you can pay a quarter. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, 50 cents. So apparently uh, Microsoft has said that there's not going to be any games rated above E10. Like there'll be no mm. T games, there'll be no M games, uh, only E or E10+. plus. So the story here on 1UP says that they did that, uh, or they're, it's speculated that they that Microsoft did that so that they would only have to rate the uh, like rate the program and not each individual game that would be going into it. Um but Chris Pigna on One Up says that the logic here is that uh, that the logic here is this will save Microsoft tons of money in SRB rating fees since they supposedly won't have to rate future games for the service. However, uh, actually says as Game Gamer Bytes report now notes this logic doesn't entirely hold water. Even if they limit themselves to only E-rated games, how will the ESRB know that new games are allow- allowable unless they've, they're rated anyway? So I don't know 
if uh, I'm not sure what the actual reason is that Microsoft did this, but it's dumb because I was slightly interested in this, uh, especially if I could bring. I, I mean, there's no real concrete information on it yet, but if you could have brought the Xbox Live Arcade games that you own into, into arcade arcade cabinets in this virtual yeah. realm, then uh-huh. that would have been awesome. I mean, I own UMK3. I own the Street Fighter uh, non-HD mix ver- remix version, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, so, like, games like that I would bring in. I own, like, classic games like Dig Dug and Frogger and stuff and Root Beer Tapper, and so those will go in as well. But I want my mature-rated games in there, too. Um and if it's a personalized space, which it sounded like was what Microsoft was saying it would be, why can't you have your own games in there? Um, and then it makes me wonder, is it going to be a separate space? Am I going to, if I wanted to use it and wanted to say, say they had a version of Frogger for it, am I going to have to rebuy Frogger if I want to play it in the game room? They um, said that you did. They did? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's I why I immediately lost interest in it. I didn't, where did they say that? I didn't even hear that. Let me see. Uh, you can see you talking. I'll see if I can find it. Well, either way, I mean that that's pretty much the end of my rant on is that like I'm I've totally lost interest in it now that there's not gonna be teen or mature rated. And yeah, if you have to rebuy arcade games and fuck that noise, um I mean I tend to get in in hyped up over things like this, like these virtual environments, as anyone who may remember, I got super psyched about home and <laughs> then was horribly disappointed. But I be you know, I'm not somebody who'll defend something after it comes out bad. Like I I hate home, it's terrible and like I have no interest in this now, especially knowing the way I was about to find. So I found it. I was hyped up about this and was prepared to be disappointed, but now I'll just not even be interested at all. Go ahead. What does it say? Okay. Um, this is an article from Kotaku by Crescente, January 29th. <clears throat> While the Xbox 360 gets its game room later this year, players will have to repopulate the arcade with titles no matter what they have already purchased through Xbox Live, Game Informer reports. That's because Microsoft considers the game room titles, which are, quote, Originals different from Xbox Live Arcade titles, which are revamps, GI reports. Well, where's the close quote? Anyway, uh, that sounds like a bit of a stretch to me, especially considering the fact that there isn't much added in the way of gameplay or elements, just an on-rails 3D environment to which to play the games. Yeah. And then there's another line here. What happens when we move to a new console down the line? Will that require yet another repurchase of all the games we already own because it's a different environment? And then... See, that's... As as much as I disagree with not, not disagree as much as that sucks, um, I could underst- I, I understand that it is a different product. The, I mean that's that's a plain fact. It is a different product. When I change my mobile phone from a BlackBerry to a whatever, the version of Scrabble that I bought on my BlackBerry is not going to work on the other phone. It is not. It's a different platform. It's a different environment, and it's just different. You know, there, there's no. I think that you know, for 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 the consumer, it'd be great if they if they made an effort to make things cross-platform compatible. But like, you know, for the time being, like I understand why they are going to say, "Oh, this is a different environment." However, that doesn't mean that it's a good idea. It, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't be a good idea to to be like, you know what? If you own XBLA games, we will also sell you cabinets for that and let you put it into the game room if you want, like for a dollar. I would right. agree to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to charge me the same amount that I paid the first time. Right, which would right. be 5 like, to $8. The, the, you know, their whole, their whole point of, oh, this is a different version of Frogger. Okay, fine. We get that. Fine. Fair enough. However, can I give you my version of Frogger and put it in an arcade cabinet? Why not? You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know. Yeah, and they're, they're saying that apparently – 
if they're saying that the games that are going to be in game room are originals, then that must mean that your version of Frogger, which is may not be the actual arcade version, uh, is is not even intended to be used in game room. It, it, they're going to put the original version of Frogger that came out in like what 1982 or something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. In game room, so I'm pretty sure that there are original arcade games on Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. And they're saying that those games aren't going to be compatible. And I'm assuming that maybe it's because maybe they're actually going to be taking arcade code as opposed to, you know, arcade code that is modified with features. Right. They're, know, they're, like, they're uh, literally, yeah, I think they're see, basically slapping their, their own version of MAME in there and saying exactly original ROM. But I think Microsoft should throw people a bone who have purchased their, you know, the the arcade games on Xbox Live and just be like, you know what, they bought a version of Frogger at some point. We're going to give them this free game room version of Frogger uh, or anything else like Joust, for instance, or anything. Because, oh, like, right. In, in Joust, terms of like a discount or a, or a freebie? Yeah, sure. Yeah. They should do that. I'm pretty yeah. sure Joust on the Xbox Live Arcade, which I own, or, or even Gauntlet, I, aren't the, those are the actual arcade versions, as far True. as I know, with no reprogramming done to them. So... Well, the actual core of the game is, but then there's the outer layer, you know, the menu and well, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the, what they're trying to get at when they say that it's a revamp. And it's, <laughs> it's really like a stickling, like kind of something a lawyer would point out. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, bullshit I, I, is what it is. <laughs> it is dumb. It is really dumb. Uh, and I, honestly, I thought the whole idea was, was, was flawed from the start, the way they were just like, oh, it's going to be a virtual game room. And then like... You know, if if you wanna if you wanna buy the PC version too, you know, if you if you pay us an extra, uh, what was it like two hundred fifty points or something? And like I think Gersman from Giant Bomb was the first one I heard to say this, but he was just like, no, you should just be able to own it across. You know, if you pay five dollars for Frogger, you should be able to download it for your PC as well. Right. You yes, I agree with that too. Like, why? Why? Why are they? You know, well, I, we know why they want to make money, and they could do whatever they want, you know, within legal bounds. But you know, it's stupid. Now I'll be worried that they'll re- like once this thing comes out that they'll release games specifically for Game Room that you won't be able to buy outside of Game Room. Like, oh god! What if I don't like, I I can't think of an arcade game right now. Uh, give me a quick arcade plotting. game. I don't know. What? I said plotting. There is this weird Taito game in the arcades called Plotting that I really. Okay, like. let's go with that. So say <laughs> you like that game, whatever the fuck that is, and. <laughs> You're like, I really want to play it, but I don't care about this fucking game room bullshit, and I don't want to be a part of it, and they only right. release it for game room. So then you can't get it. That's Exactly. That would suck. Very much so. Fuck game, game room. room. Fuck game room, Shepard. Al, what's your topic? My topic is uh, about Xbox Live cutting off original Xbox support on April 15th. Tax day. Um, yeah. <laughs> End of it. Yeah, uh, on April 15th, you won't be able to play any Xbox original games online and i I actually misinterpreted this uh from the the way that i think i was picking up a kotaku news article off of my phone off my google reader and i thought that they were discontinuing xbox originals and i'm like they just revamped that (laughs) what are they doing (laughs) but um they're actually cutting off online support the old infrastructure of xbox live which really only means that you can't play halo 2 on xbox live anymore and because uh-huh. that's the, the only really well-known game, and that's isn't that like the number one Xbox Live played game? Salt like over any other game, like it's Halo Two. More people play Halo Two on Xbox Live than any other game on Xbox Live. I'm surprised, uh, unless Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two. I was gonna say I, maybe in, in a lifetime 
stretch. Maybe in a lifetime thing, yeah. Yeah, because I think on a weekly basis, Modern Warfare 2, uh, it's got to be Modern Warfare 2 right now, at least. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, according to the article, uh, it's been seven years. I'm reading a one-up article by Chris Pereira that was put out on the 5th of February. Uh, change, the change comes as a part of an effort to continue evolving the Xbox Live service for 360 gamers, which really means expanded friend list and probably some of the things you couldn't do with the original Xbox Live. Uh, its continued support of the original Xbox has hindered Microsoft's ability to do certain things with Live, such as increasing the friends list cap of 100 people. Uh, then they have a, a written explanation of why they made the decision, which doesn't really say anything really so doesn't matter um so yeah all only thing that seems to be the matter with upgrading xbox live is halo 2 i i i guess when i saw this you know it's not like i ever played on xbox live the original one but it's kind of sad you know it's like the end of an era type thing and you know Mm mm-hmm uh, it's it's just a sad thing, you know. It's just shut down, and um, it, it seems it, at first it seems a little silly that the reason the, the biggest reason for this that at least that's publicized is oh the friends list. Yeah, because you know? people were actually complained about that, and the reason why they said is because of the original Xbox support, and because Halo Two is such a big game on Xbox Live, we don't want to drop that support yet. Right. You know, I and I think um. The other thing that kind of sucks about it is is the whole thing about backwards compatibility. And I know that a lot of people don't care about it anymore and blah, blah, blah. And Sony's not even considering it because they have... Actually, you know... It's a big are. thing for me. You know, it's funny. It, it, and they're not actually considering it. But you know what they are considering? They are considering putting PS2 games on digital download. Okay. Okay. But then and they're, I guess, of course, oh. not in- including PS3 games because PS3 games are just too goddamn big. Right, right. But I mean, it's just when I when I say that, I mean in terms of you look back at Xbox 360, and they managed to try to get some backwards compatibility in there, and the fact that they let you play, um, you know, your backwards compatible Xbox games on the current Xbox Live was a big thing, I think, for a lot of people. I think so, yeah. And and that's part of backwards compatibility. Now you can still play Halo 2 on your 360, but you cannot play it on Live anymore. So that's taking half of the reason why you want that backwards compatible game in there away from you. You know, you, you, it's not backwards compatible anymore. I mean, like, never mind about the fact that um, it's really funny. I think um, um, the the user on Gamespot, Mozart, who was actually um, who actually won our contest once um, for the Best Buy card. I think it was a was it Pirates versus Ninjas. Someone mm, else. Maybe. Yeah, he won one of the drawings. I don't know. Anyway, so. He, you know, he 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 had this whole big complaint uh, to Microsoft about his Xbox Live account because he, I don't think he owned an original Xbox, either that or he just never signed up for the original Xbox Live, and and I can't remember what it was like. You couldn't upgrade your account. No, no, no. Here's what it was: you couldn't have an Xbox Live account when you sign up with your 360 and then access it from your original Xbox. Ah, uh, yeah. And then there's just this whole mess of things. Then he was pissed off that you couldn't use the old controllers with the new, the new one. And it's like, that's kind of right. That's not really backwards compatible. It's like half compatible. And now it's 10% compatible because you can't even play those old things online, which, again, not a lot of people care about. But it's something – it's a luxury that I like to have. And it's, it's, it's kind of – it's not as – it's not so much a terrible thing as much as it's just kind of sad. 
You know, it's like it's it, you know anytime you mark the end of an era and something goes, like when the Wii came in and was just like you're not going to need your GameCube anymore because we play all GameCube games perfectly and like I put my GameCube like away in a cabinet and never opened that again. Mm-hmm. It was a sad thing. Me too. You know, kind of sad. Um. And the PS2 will, of course, always live on because I'm trying to play, you know, Gradius 5 on my PS3 on the big TV, and there's lag. Mm. So I can't use it. T- I got to use my PS2 on an on a old shitty TV, you know? But, <laughs> you know, them's the breaks. Um, any other comments on this thing before we I, move on to let's rebooting? I just hope that this means that once it goes, once they shut down the original Xbox Live service, that they... Uh, Reopen up all the names that nobody uses anymore. Nice hint, hint. Like my old name, which was only on Xbox and not on Xbox 360, so I can get that back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's all and I have to say. But you gotta like pay ten dollars. I'll pay. That. I would pay fifty dollars a lot because they'll probably think of all the money that they can make from people changing to their original Xbox names again. But see, I think the thing is the reason why they. Like, I've called them numerous times trying to figure out why I can't have my old name back. I mean, like I said, I would seriously pay, like, $50 whatever to get my old name back. <laughs> it, was, it, was just, it was just Riven without the GS. And no offense to Game Slaves, but I liked just having Riven. Yeah, and, it makes perfect sense. And um, I, like, I, I'm pretty sure I said the story multiple times, but they, they said that I – they tried to charge me for another year, but I had canceled my account. And they said, well, since the charge didn't go through whatever, we're locking your account. And Jeez. ever since that, that name has been locked. They're like, there's no way you can ever, you, we can't unlock this account so this name can never be used again. And it's absolutely ridiculous. There's nothing I can do. I was like, well, what if I even give you the money for the, what you tried to charge me? You don't have to give me a year alive. I'll just give you the money. They're like, no, there's nothing we can do about it. So it's really fucked up. And I think that they do that and lock names so they can keep their you know, user count up for Xbox Live because mm-hmm. – like they probably count each individual name as a user and don't consider the fact that some people may have gotten into the same situation and then had to make new accounts. So, you know, they count one person twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of reasons why, like, you know, like some online forms or whatever won't let you delete a username or a, an account because they want to keep their – they'll like – you can stop – you can ask to not be sent anything or whatever, but they won't ever delete your actual account because they want to keep it as a number, as a statistic. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, hopefully they will release it because that'd be awesome. And yeah, I would totally pay to get my old name back. <laughs> Xbox Live. Rest in peace. And then of course there's a blog post that was like, we will remember this game, these games that were played on live. And I'm looking at it like, this is just an excuse to post a list. There's, the there's only nothing... game I really remember playing, I mean, I played a bunch on live, but the only one I really remember playing was, uh, well, I guess it was Return to Castle Wolfenstein was the one on Xbox. Yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. like, I think it was actually uh, an early uh, Xbox Live game. Um, I know I played some Mech Assault 2 because, you know, you got that with the thing, as it shows here in the picture. Uh, but, yeah, Wolfenstein was, like, first-person shooter playing online. Even though I could do that on my PC, it was on a console. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Novel analog. Yeah. All righty. I think that's going to do it for the news topics. Let's move on to rebooting after these messages. Oh, but first, before we move on, lion-ass motherfuckers, I just want to – um. Note two of these things. I thought you were calling us lying ass motherfuckers. <laughs> no, no, I will, but not no, not today. Okay, okay so again, these aren't lies as much as they they're just complete misinformation because like I, I think a lot telling a lie is different than just not knowing what the hell you're talking about. So the first one is I've mentioned before that um one of my friends who ran a neighborhood bar, she did a guitar hero tune. That's actually how I became friends with her. Um 
but she ran a Guitar Hero tournament every Thursday for free shots. And then once in a while, she'd throw in gift cards and stuff. And so uh, the Thursday thing became kind of a little ritual. I'd always go there. She'd put on the Guitar Hero and like me and a bunch of other friends would like compete and all that stuff. And so this one time, uh, we, she, she had put World Tour on there. And um, this one kid was playing against me. Um, you know, and he, you know, he was strutting around like he was, he thought he was hot shit. And like, first of all, you know, if you think you're hot shit in Guitar Hero, you are not. And, and I don't say this to mean like, oh, you have no life if you play Guitar Hero. No, no. What I mean is like there are so many really good people out there that as good as you think you are, you're not that good. Um, if you just like go to Score Hero and you, you get knocked down like 27 pegs unless you're one of those <laughs> guys. All right. So, you know, he's playing and like, I, you know, I beat him soundly. And again, like, you know, I'm decent at it. But, you know, again, you compare to Score Hero, I'm nobody. So, you know, I, he's like, wow, you know, you know, I must be, you know, off today. I, I'm just not. And I'm like, yeah, the lag's pretty bad. And he's like, oh, that's why you beat me. And I'm like, well, no, lag affects everybody. And he's like, no, no, but, you know, you come here, so you're used to the lag. And I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, fair enough, fine. And he's like, yeah, and I went, you know, I used the whammy bar so much, you know, to get those points. And, like, you know, that wasn't enough. I'm like, you don't get points by doing the whammy bar. He was like, no, <laughs> because, you know. I was evenly matched with some other guy online, and I beat him out because we both hit the same notes, and I used the whammy bar every time, and he didn't always use it, and so I, I, I beat him, so it has to be the whammy bar. And I'm like, no, the whammy they, – they have specifically said multiple times from multiple people that the whammy bar does not do anything for your score. It's, it's literally just you know, to, to, to in, increase the, uh, the star power meter. And so he's like, no, he just wouldn't listen. I'm like, all right, right, it's not that big of a deal. But like, you know, there are first of all, there are other ways to beat someone out, even if you both hit the same amount of notes. You hold the note longer. That's it. You use star power better. That's it. You know. But you know, so the the kid was just like, you know, sit, I think he was just just mad that like he thought he was hot shit, and that someone who was not as good, not that re- not that great like me, still beat him. <laughs> so he was just like, oh, you know, it was stupid. I mean, I I didn't like argue the point because it's like, it's not worth That's it. Point, especially if you know you're right. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like it wasn't worth it, but it's just still aggravating when, you know, they sometimes it's worse than a lie because at least when you're lying, you know, you're full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. When you actually believe it and you're you're misinformed and you believe it, it's kind of hard. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I think of when when I see people lie like like Tim um, <laughs> is like, how, how do you live with yourself knowing that you're lying? <laughs> Like, do you go about your day and do you actually physically think about it? Like, damn, you know, uh, I've been lying a lot or I'm going to lie about this right now. And I, I don't know what goes through these people's minds. I don't know. It makes them think they're cool. I don't know. I thought that was funny, though. Like, uh, you won't play Street Fighter 9 in my house. You should have been there yesterday, man. It's only in Japan, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to trade it back. Yeah, six traded back. Why would you trade Street Fighter Nine from Japan back, man? Who in the oh, right mind? Oh, because I was done with it. Because I was done with it. You know, I, I'm too good for it. No, the second lioness motherfucker, who again isn't lying, but just completely misinformed. I made the mistake of buying a used copy of Mario Galaxy. I'll admit it. I, you know, I, I, you know, wanted the the, the tax off, and I wanted the ten percent on top of that. So I bought the used copy. I opened the disc up, and it has a circumferential scratch, which, for anybody who is confused, it's basically a scratch along the circumference of the disc as opposed to you know, straight up and down from the, radi- from the center out. And those are the more dangerous scratches because of the way that you know, a, a disc laser reads a disc, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Al, you're the one who told me this yourself, so you know that better than I do. Um, 
So I took it, you know, I was, I was at the desk, I was at the clerk's uh, reg- register when he gave it to me and I was checking it and I, was, I told him, I was like, do you mind if I get another disc because this one has a circumference scratch? He's like, oh no, you know, we always inspect these things and scratches can't, some scratches are okay. I'm like, no, I know that I'm totally fine with that, but not this one. These are worse than the normal scratches that you see. He's like, no, 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 this is fine. I'm like, okay, so, and I, I, I lied a little bit to get my point across, but like this, it was a true story. It just happened to you and not me. I told him about your, you know, your MVC two disc, which had a circumferential scratch and was never readable again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "Nah, but we, you know, we discs work differently than Dreamcast discs, so this is not going to be a problem." And I'm like, "No, you're wrong. The, this is not a question of how the Wii discs are manufactured. It's a question of how discs work in the first place. All right, when discs scratch this way, it is a worse scratch. It is a fact because of the way that all discs are read." CDs, hard drives, floppy disks are all read in the same way. They spin in a circle. So don't sit there telling me that – he was like, fine, I'm going to just get it because I was, I was ready to be like, yo, let me just get your manager. This was worth arguing because I don't want to get a dud product. That's very true. So I had, to, I had to sit there and be like, no, you're wrong. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Go away and give me like get, – get me, get me what I need. So it just frustrated me to know – and this is, this, this is one of those like – you know. Oh, people from GameStop don't know what they're talking about. Horror stories when it's really people in general don't know what they're talking about. Not just GameStop, you know, because Pete works at GameStop and he sort of knows what he's talking about once in a while. I guess. He guess. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I guess I stop this to you guys. You guys suck. Um, but yeah, that, that that those are my line ass motherfuckers. And we're done. Um, moving on to less rebooting after this break. We're right back at Let's Rebooting, and we are going to talk about Street Fighter. Uh, we're gonna—I guess—we're gonna take a, a very quick tour. Um, do you guys want to do just the, the original set, or do you want to go into Alpha or Three or what? You do uh, whatever you want to do because I can't remember shit anyway. You know what? You mentioned that you the one that you would remember is Hyper Fighting, so let's do that. Let, let's just talk about the original set uh, and, and how Xbox Live kind of reinvigorated that. Oh, and also the terrible Xbox Live port of the original one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, what original set? Like uh, one and two Street or Street just two? Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting. Uh, Apostle the twos? Huh? All the twos? Sure. Or two Champion Edition Hyper Fighting. Uh, two champion edition hyper fighting super and super street fighter two turbo. <laughs> well, all of them because because remember that the 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 Xbox Live release of the second one was that whole remix thing with their better graphics and that street was fighter two turbo HD remix. <laughs> super street fighter two turbo HD remix. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Not so about the original street fighter. Not the original one with the big ass button. No. Okay. No, please. Or, no. or the six button one. This is no, Those not are... even the original one. Okay. None of the original ones. What about Street Fighter um, 2010? Yes, absolutely. No. <laughs> That's, I was, you know what? I tried playing that again recently. And when I say recently, I mean within the last one, one and a half years. It is, uh, you know what? It's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but yeah, uh, Street Fighter 2. You know what? I never played the original in the arcades. Never. I I How, uh, so like the original slow version. Yeah. Um, I, we'll save that for another time, uh, or maybe I'll just discuss. Well, I mean, it's going to be short well, if I'm the only one who played it. 
because Pete, you yeah, you only played Hyperfighting, right? Yeah, we're we're gonna move up the ranks. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll do a quick, 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 quick. Um, I remember playing Street Fighter because I played it like in a video store. That that same video store that I like dropped probably three hundred dollars of unfortunately not my money um, into <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was like eight nine years old. Uh, I had played the original Street Fighter. I liked it a lot. I mean, except for the fact that I, I kind of liked Ken when I liked Ryu, Mr. Red Hair Ryu. Um, but the only way you could play with Ken is if you fought a two-player versus match and won. So not that it really matters. It's just a palace swap. Uh-huh. But uh, that game was so wonky. I mean, the the physics were completely screwed up, and the responsiveness of the actual game to the controls was really messed up. Like, you'd jump, and as... As you pressed up and forward on the on the stick, it would probably take a fraction of a second for it to actually begin jumping, and then the jumping itself oh, shit. was really weird. And um, I guess the technology just wasn't ready for something as precise as Street Fighter, huh? Yeah, I think it had, it had something to do with uh, like it was actually shoddy programming. Um, they had explained it that the reaction time and the the uh, the problem with trying to do special moves because of course. There was, you know, the fireball, and there was the hurricane kick, and there was the dragon punch. Right. Now, those three moves, the response time to actually do the moves, like, the the system could not really interpret the input very well. Right. So they, as an excuse, they said, <clears throat> the special moves are so hidden, they're so secret, that if you actually pulled it off, it would be destructive. It would be so so devastating. And technically, it was like if you knocked out uh, a a hurricane kick, and That's even if like, the person was blocking like a third it, of the life bar, right? Yeah, and if they didn't block it, it would probably completely destroy them. Oh my god! And as is the fireball, the fireball takes off like half your energy if you can get it out. So they were like, "This doesn't work. Let's make it really deadly so that when it does work, people feel good about it." Exactly. And they never told you how to do it. Um, granted, it's the same way you do it in Street Fighter Two. Right. But granted, if you were to play the original Street Fighter and do down, forward, down, down, forward, forward, and punch, he would most likely punch, like 90% of the time. Uh, and the, the, the thing that really just sticks out about Street Fighter is the voice acting. And, they, you know, it was one of the first, not first, but it, it was an early game that had voice acting, digitized voices. And they were just so muddy. It sounded like, you know... The, whoever did the voice acting like was eating a hot dog while they were <laughs> doing the voice acting, and it, it was only three lines in the game. There was, I'm gonna stop uh, you here for a second. Uh huh. Um, you said eating a hot dog. Okay. There's a podcast. There, you know, a couple of podcasts from the One Up Network. Um, one of the staffers, a uh, scooter, scooter Nguyen. Um, mm-hmm. some assholes on the forum said he sounds like hamburger, and nobody sounds knows like that. hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell knows what that means? But when you said the voice actor sounded like they were eating a hot dog, maybe that's what they mean. He sounds like he's maybe eating, like he's eating a hamburger. Talking, I don't talks. think it's the case, but that's slightly more understandable in terms of like what they mean by that. That's that's still a jerk thing. To <laughs> well, say. maybe it sounds like uh, hamburger meat as you're like mushing it between your hands. Oh, gross! It's even worse. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I I don't know. I mean that 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 is what I would think a Cthulhu would sound like. But anyway. <laughs> You know, yeah, Cthulhu, because it doesn't have a mouth; it just has the tentacles. So when you when it talks, it, you would think that it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the the voice acting only had like what three lines. It, well, there was um, there was voice acting for the announcer who would talk about like who won, who didn't, round one, blah blah blah. Oh, wow. And right. when you win, they would say like what strength, but realize that there are fighters just like you all over the world. But in the game, it was like what strength that you had the fighters like you all over the world. <laughs> and, and uh when you lose they go um oh shit they when you lose he goes you have to be stronger than that to defeat me try again kiddo try again kiddo and uh, then <laughs> if terrible. you were to do a versus battle, the person who loses says, like, I wish you good luck. <laughs> so that, that that was very fun. But Now I have to, like, play this on GameTap or something because I think they have oh, it. It's it's worth an experience because, you know, you get to see a lot of the familiar characters that came out later on, like Birdie, right. um, Eagle, uh, some characters Adon. that – Huh? Adon. Right, uh, and on Saget, and uh, Gen. All right, all those characters were in Street Fighter One, and uh, they hence also had some really in Alpha, since Alpha hmm? was a chapter. Right, I said hence hence their appearance in Alpha since Alpha is a, a middle chapter technically. Right, it, it was supposed to be uh, Street Fighter One point five. Yeah, they should have just remade Street Fighter and added like all the other cool characters and. But never mind, um, because a lot of the characters in Street Fighter were generic. It's like in America, you fight Joe and Mike, and Mike was supposed to be uh, a a remake or an impression of Mike Tyson. It was supposed oh to, I God. think, be Mike Tyson. Because and was who was Joe? Joe was just some dick. You fight, like, <laughs> no, I call him a dick because he had this like backward spin Joe kick that made it look like he was, uh, you know, a little fagalist. and. Oh. <sighs> Uh, I it, it, those guys like were weird because you know Joe, he had these weird hops that he would do to attack you, and he was a little erratic in doing it. But Mike would hit you so hard with his hands that I think three hits would just completely knock you out. Um, that was in USA, and then Japan had some generic kung fu dude named Kensu with big ass eyebrows and a bald head. And <laughs> oh he was, man. He was like the, the, the glass Joe of the game. Uh-huh. And then you had um, Genki, who was a ninja, and the only character in the game who could disappear. Mm. And um, that, that character was actually pretty cool. And it was like people wanted Genki to be in another Street Fighter game and put a story and link it to one of the existing characters, like Chun-Li or something like that, which would make no sense because Chun-Li's from China and, and Genki's from Japan. Then right. there was... Um, we all rook right though. Did mm. you know that? <laughs> no. Uh, then there was England, which had Birdie and Eagle, and Birdie was really tall and skinny with a, a mohawk. And instead he, of like stocky and burly, right? Yes, and and he was white instead of like dark, dark brown in Alpha. <laughs> um, he had devastating kicks, and Eagle had the two um, batons, as in Capcom versus SNK. Um, yeah. Let's see, that was England. They had China, which had Lee, which is a really, really fast character who could really murder you and uh, with his lightning fast attacks. Short Chinese guy, uh, very, very oh, mysterious. Oh, Lee, that's an original name. Uh, and then there was Gen. Uh, after that, then you go, I think, to Thailand and you fight 
Aron and Saget because I can't remember there being so, any. Sagat so without the scar on his chest too, right? Right, exactly. Because the, the reason why he has a scar on his chest is because we read it there from the end of part one. Um, and that's it. I mean, it was a really short and simple game, but it was really, 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 really tough. Really, really, really tough. And they Mostly had a test due to, to, to like the lack of finesse in the programming, I take it? Mostly due to the lack of finesse. And the AI was just... I mean, granted, it was due to the lack of finesse in programming because it was hard to control the characters. And mm-hmm. second, because of the way the engine worked and because right. later characters could beat you in two hits. And it was like, what? And then there goes your quarter. That's like Akuma in that freaking epic battle that I tried to have with him last week. Yeah. At 5 o'clock in the something morning. Something like that. Uh, um, and they also had a test your might in um in Street oh Fight. really yeah it had like Ryu or Ken and they'd be shirtless and he'd be trying <laughs> to break a, a whole like line of uh, wooden things and all these people watching him it was pretty funny that's funny it was it, it didn't even work either I think it was oh, oh, oh. sure that's no it wasn't a button match it was a timing based thing the more combat oh, okay. was so that's Street Fighter or Fighting Street or whatever you <laughs> Street. What was it called? Where where did they call it Friday Street on TurboGrafx? Yeah, TurboGrafx CD. That makes sense. Why'd they rename it? Mm. I think uh, because Capcom actually didn't make it. I think they licensed the game out oh. to NEC. And they didn't <clears throat> license the name or something. But I, I think see. all the names in the game are the same. All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Street Fighter 2, then, moving on to that. Uh, did you? So you said you played that in the arcades as well. Yeah, um, Street Fighter 2, I played in the arcade, you know, one of those days I went to Broadway Arcade, and there was a big-ass crowd around some machine, and I learned about Street Fighter 2 from there. Um, I also learned about Street Fighter 2 from that, my first EGM, which had Ken on the cover. Oh, uh, okay. In, in Brazil. And uh, really, I started trying to play it, but it was, the, the depth of it was too much for me at 8, 9 years, well, 9, 10 years old. Right. Um, because of the six buttons and all the special moves and things like that. And there were people who were like super tournament level by the time I got into it. Right. They were doing combos already and stuff like that. Yeah. And they had some serious strategy. Uh, so I really didn't play much of it. But then once it came out for Super Nintendo, I really started getting into it. And then there was a whole Street Fighter culture in the school. And we used to play a lot. And then I used to beat a lot of people. And they used to get mad at me, so I stopped being competitive because, <laughs> you know, being in, sitting in the house with Rob, and it's just me and Rob, and all it is is, like, me beating him, me beating him, me beating him, me beating him, he'll beat me once, and then I'll beat him, like, another ten times. <laughs> it, you know, it, it didn't really make for a really good friend environment, you know. So I was like, uh, I don't, it's not really important for me to win all the time. Right. And I carry that on with me today, which kind of sucks. I don't win at anything anymore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, what was it that, that really drew you to it? Um, well, in the arcades, it, it, its presence just drew me to it. I liked to watch uh-huh. people fight in that game because every, there was so much depth in the game that people had different strategies and things like that. And I used to marvel at people who were good at the characters that people didn't really play as, like... You know, E Honda, Zanki from Dalsim. Uh-huh. Uh, there was that kid, Dalsim, who it, it was amazing to watch him play with Dalsim because he actually played with Dalsim the way you're supposed to play with Dalsim. Right. From range, and you use those extending attacks. Because most people who I saw play with Dalsim, they tried to play him like everybody else. All right. they did was like yoga fire, yoga flame, and then they would try and get in close 
and then he would overshoot the character because he because of his jump his arm right and and yeah and then he would wind up like jumping over people because he has a floaty jump but he actually like won tournaments because people didn't quite understand Dalsim at the time right well, understand Dalsim or understand how to play against Dalsim, who if Both. the player was okay, gotcha. I think you know. I think that Dalsim was what drew me to the game in the first place because, like, I didn't really pay that much attention to it until I saw this dude whose legs stretched around, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> and immediately, because you know I'm a dumbass, that was the first guy I wanted to play as because mm. he could stretch his legs. And when I realized that, like, you know. D- is some random kid going to know how to play with Dalsim? No. Right? And so when, right. I, when I realized that I had no chance of winning with this guy, I'm like, eh, forget it. And so I, you know, I, I stopped for a while. And again, this was, um, I think this was by the time the Championship Edition was out because I had seen Street Fighter 2, but I had never played it. And when I finally played it, Championship Edition was already kind of the main thing. Anyway, okay. so like I tried to learn how to play with him, and I couldn't do that. And then, you know, I tried, like, I would try to watch people as they did fireballs to try to learn the movements and I was so like I was so bad at observing that I really thought it was just you had to jam the joystick forward and press punch <laughs> like, just forward and punch not forward punch but like in a certain way like a, a, a certain level of, of speed that you had to jam this joystick forward and at the timing at which you press the punch button so I tried doing that obviously it didn't work <laughs> because I'm sitting there going like eh, and, you know he's just punching so I'm like all right you know um, but then I, I think I got my first real I only got really like adept at it when I bought the. Um, I didn't even buy it; it was a gift. Uh, when I got Street Fighter Two for the Super Nintendo, and I bought the Game Pro Guide on how to actually play it, and that's the first time I actually learned about the two on one combos. Mm-hmm. And and then Guile's like four fierce. So I'm like I, I didn't even know all this stuff was possible. And so you know I learned the moves, and you know I'm 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 by no means like. Uh, a, a, a good player. I'm not even going to go into tournament level. I'm just not that good. You know, basic strategies. I, I kind of go ballistic a little bit, but you know, I know how to string together stuff now. And it's you know, it's 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 that came from having it on Super Nintendo. Um, and then the worst part is that you you buy it, uh, not you buy it, sorry, but you you start playing Turbo, and half the stuff goes out the window because it's so fast now that you have to change. You, you have to be so fast with the moves that like if you're used to the original Street Fighter. You're just kind of like, this is too fast for me. I can't do it. Very true. Um, but like, eventually, I got. I started playing Turbo on three stars for the Super Nintendo. And bear in mind, like most of my experience with Street Fighter Two was never in the arcades because of the same thing that you said that people were freaking good. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no, there was no point in playing it because you get embarrassed. And um, sometimes you get like really embarrassed like people would own the shit out of you and then there'd be people watching a whole shitload of people watching and then people waiting in line and you put your quarter up and you're like yeah i'm gonna fight and then you put your quarter, <laughs> and then you put your quarter in and you're like okay i'm gonna go and pick i'm gonna fight ryu <laughs> ryu ryu and you hit the button you know the reason why i'm putting is like diminutive voice can you teach me how to do an ah you can <laughs> yeah, oh god, let me not go into all you can. But um so then you're fighting against the guy and next thing you know, you're like Haruken like, Oh crap. Anyway, you win. That's Perfect. I'm like and then it happens for the second round. Or the second round they let you win so they could get a third round out, so they get the most out of their quarter. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I hate it when that happens because then it really embarrasses you because everybody around you knows that they just gave you a mercy round so that yeah. they can play more. <laughs> Pete, did you ever did you ever um experience any of the original not the original any of the Street Fighter Two games in the arcade? Um, like did did you have, was that ever like a a a big not even a big part but a a notable part of your Street Fighter experience or was no, it strictly at home? No, I mean I may I may have but I don't remember. But I mean, my earliest memory is uh, super, is I believe it was Super Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting in uh, in on SNES at my friend's house. Was there a Hyper? I don't think there was a. No, it was, was just it, Street Fighter Two. Well, there there was was a championship edition. There was something they, on Super SNES. Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo had Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Turbo, and then Super Street Fighter Two, but they didn't have Super Turbo. Okay, I don't remember which one was. Way which. too many. <laughs> I know it wasn't the it wasn't the original. It must have been Turbo then. Yeah. Um, but uh. I don't know. All those names just get jumbled in my head. I don't remember. Thanks, Capcom. I, yeah, I Thanks can't remember. I can't differentiate which one is actually which. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah, like that—that'd be my earliest memory, just playing at my friend's house on his Super NES. Um, and uh, yeah, like I, again, it's, it, <laughs> I wasn't big into the genre, into the fighting genre. Uh, so, like, I don't have like these like hardcore memories like you guys have. Um, I mean, I remember. Going and playing, getting my ass kicked all the time, and uh, I don't know. I liked Dalsim back then. I don't use him anymore because I actually, when I play now, I actually play somewhat seriously. Um, and uh, yeah, so 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 how often now do you play, or, or I shouldn't say how often, but like from from your days of you know just playing at your friend's house and getting your ass whooped to to seeing all you know this this whole subculture of of you know tournament level fighting game you know experts and. And you know uh, what is that big? Um, I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, that that huge ass tournament that have every year uh, for fighting games for like all fighting games. Um, I want to even know. I didn't know so there was one that they still have now. Yeah. Uh, Evo. Evo. Yeah. Evo. Yeah. You know, and like everybody knows about combos and all that shit now. Like now that now that we have this and and, and there's that remix version on Xbox Live Arcade. Like, do you play that? HD remix? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know because I don't have it. Oh, see, I thought you said you had it. That's no, I had. The, has, I have so. the non HD remix. <laughs> oh, the regular, the the, the regular uh, Turbo. Yeah, Street Fighter Two, the same one that he played first. Yeah, right. okay, I guess that is the same one then. Yes. Um. So aside from that, th- that and Street Fighter Four are probably the only Street Fighter games I've ever actually played. Um. Oh, interesting. So, uh, playing that, I because I remember you saying that like the non HD. Uh, remix one is like not a good port or remake or whatever uh you said that earlier in this podcast right most of and it's not all due well some of it is due to you know the programming and that would specifically be the internet lag okay see because like i okay i didn't play it on internet i just played you know local multiplayer right um back when i was in pa i'd play with charlie a lot at his house yeah that's and, definitely fine yeah because i was gonna say i didn't notice any problems with it um i mean but i'm not again as like into the fighting genre, so I wouldn't be able. Like, I, unlike Jeff Gersman, I wouldn't be able to say, "Hey, that sound is off." <laughs> oh, the sounds are way <laughs> off. The sounds are way off. It's it's funny. Um, like, it's just uncanny. But yeah, like, uh, so like, that those were the only games I played. And Street Fighter to me is a like just as a a as a not a huge genre fan. Street Fighter to me is the best fighting game I've ever played. Um, I definitely like Street Fighter Two and any rendition of it. I guess I have played. Uh. And um, I can see the uh, the incredible like 
well, I mean, I guess aside from a few characters, the incredible balance and like just smart mechanics they've put into like into mm-hmm. the fighting system in that game, as opposed to like what we were talking about last week with Mortal, or not last week, two weeks ago with Mortal Kombat, um, where Mortal Kombat was kind of just like it, it wasn't so much. Uh, how do I want to put this? Like, <laughs> it wasn't Mortal Kombat wasn't as technical. There's a lot Street less. Fighter. There's a lot less finesse to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I think. Mortal, Mortal Kombat is trying about to get like get your combos out and hopefully somehow figure out a way to juggle somebody. Where Street Fighter, like the the it it, it seems like there's more swinging back and forth between the right. combatants and Street Fighter. Which and, is not which is not to say that Mortal Kombat isn't deep. It just doesn't feel the same level of you know finesse I, or whatever. Yeah. There's something it seems more like it. stuff in Mortal Kombat kind of happened by accident, like as as a result of bugs. Kind of how, you know, two and ones and all that, all the combos in the original Street Fighter Two were actually by accident. Yeah, they but didn't. They didn't, but they Fighter. didn't feel like it. See, that's the thing about it is that they didn't feel like it. Exactly. You know, and it, it felt smooth, and they were like, "Whoa, we didn't even expect this to happen. Awesome, right? You know." And now, then, you know, after the original Street Fighter Two, when they had Champion Edition, they actually programmed two and one combos. Yeah. and interrupts and cancels and things like that. And now it's just all a part of the game, you know, frame canceling and uh, guard canceling and doing all these different moves and stuff like that that actually just happened as a result of bugs in the original game. Isn't that about a bitch? <laughs> Ain't that about a bitch. You know, yeah, I definitely. came as a result of hackers. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, point. with all the air Hadoukens and stuff which of course some of them it just was were completely senseless but doing a hurricane kick while jumping in the air was it uh, well it made more sense so they decided right. to compete with the hackers that they put stuff like that stuff actually made sense yeah, sometimes i just realized it would be really funny if we actually already did a let's reboot on a street fighter <laughs> what i i said i thought it'd be funny if we actually did a let's rebooting on street fighter already because i feel we've had this conversation about the hacker the, the yeah. hackers that started you know hyper fighting have... before there may have been discussion of yeah, Street Fighter, but not we about... didn't have a let's reboot. Yeah, okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think um, the the, the first exposure to that uh, to that hacker led Street Fighter, like the Rainbow Edition or whatever the hell they called mm-hmm. it, um, the most notable one that I saw was dudes pressing a start button to change the characters. <laughs> that was insane. Like they were doing like the, they would they would turn into Guile and throw five sonic booms at once. Yep. And they would follow you. Yeah, no, they would, would go up and you. down. Yeah. Some would go forward. It's terrible. That's insane. Like it's ridiculous. Um, best, well, I was gonna say the best thing I remember no, no, from uh, Street Fighter hack versions is the infinite uh, spinning pile driver, where you keep going up and then coming up from the bottom of the screen, and then you go up to the top and okay. come up <laughs> the screen again. And then when you yeah. actually decide to stop, he'll fall that many times through the screen and then hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mentioned that before too, but I mentioned it again. That's insane. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like so when they put out Super Street Fighter Two, I think I you know I, I'm not going to say that I had enough because when Turbo came out, when Super Turbo came out, I was go like, oh, this is good. But they the biggest thing was them slowing it back down again. And yeah. to this day, I don't. Why would they have ever done that? Do you yeah, remember if there was any rationale terrible. behind that? I have no idea. I think they wanted to start over. I guess, but still, man, it's it's so so slow and and so like they 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 basically also really nerfed Ken. You know why? Because everybody used them. I think that they um kind of realized that 
Ken was a little OP back in the Turbo days because most of the people, I think, who played as a Shotokan character, they only played with Ken because of the multi-hit Shuriken. They were just Shuriken all over the place. And that's why they, you know, of course, that's why they developed him that way because when they started to actually create the divide between Ryu and Ken, they, I think that they may have noticed that a lot more people were playing Ken and doing Sharyukens all over the place. So they decided to give him the flaming Sharyuken and the more distance to right. it. Yeah. And the three hit come, uh, the three hit Sharyuken, as opposed to having Ryu where he has the single hit and it has less distance. Right. His fireball was a three hitter. Uh, and then he could shoot a, a well, his fireball wasn't a three hitter unless it was fire, which was the addition. Right. Very, very, very weird. Yeah, I. I, I was always a Ryu guy. Uh, Ryu, wow. I was always a Ryu guy. Like, Me too. I, th- and I definitely miss the wide arc of the Dragon Punch whenever I play as him. But th- I, I don't know. Like, th- There's something about... Um, I, I think the fireball is a more important move for me at the outset defensively. And then, and then when they start coming in closer, then that's when I have to pull out the Dragon Punch. And that's when I'm kind of screwed. Uh, but let's not go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think... Uh, what was your favorite new character of the... Um, of the uh, what's it called? New um, challengers. The, the, the yeah, yeah. Call? The four new ones. Uh, let's see. It was DJ, T Hawk, Cami, Phalong. Mm. Yeah, those four. Yeah, I guess you know the funny thing is I think my favorite one was T Hawk, um, and that was because he was the only character that I was more intrigued on trying to learn, because uh, I like the fact that he had a, a three sixty like Zangief, but wasn't as constricted as Zangief was. Like, he actually had moves that could put him in proximity. Um, oh, the headbutt easier. The, the eagle dive, yeah, yep. Right. Yep. And, um, you know, with Zangief, the only move you really had was a spinning pile driver to try and evade the um, the fireballs. And then when Super came out, he well, had Well, he also the, had the, the spinning smack. lariat to evade fireballs. Wait, did I, what did I say the first time? You said spinning pile driver. That's not what I meant. I meant spinning Which, lariat. But, you know, that actually could go through fireball sometimes, I think. Right, but what I meant was to get to Which do the spinning pile driver, the, one of the easiest ways was to do the lariat. To oh, yes. Agreed. Yeah, That's what I really meant. Okay. Um, and then he had the, the, the backhand smack where that completely nullifies a fireball and then puts you right in position sometimes. That to I, do I love that move. Uh, but with T-Hawk, it was crazy because you could really, like, interrupt somebody's move with the uh, rising uh, attack. Mm-hmm. The, the his his dragon thing. punch, so to speak. Right. And then the one that goes in the air, you can do from so many. I mean, you could just jump in the air, like hop, and then do the move and come down and completely fake somebody out. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I, I hated never got was, that deep with him. I should try that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I hated about him was the fact that um, when you fight against him at the computer, he pulls out moves like oh god, unbelievable. He'll grab you and do the the spinning move. T-Hawk is a, T-Hawk is a computer player as an AI player is the worst. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't stand him. I can't stand him either. Yeah, definitely like him better than um, whatever his equivalent was in Killer Instinct. He had an equi- equivalent in Killer Instinct? There, there was some Native American who... Oh, oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. And his moves are, Son of you, Tomahawk! <laughs> um, uh, Pete, did you play any Super Street Fighter 2? Uh, again, I can't remember... Um, Stop smoking that weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like I said, it's all kind of jumbled in my head. Um, uh, 
No, Super Street Fighter 2 had those four characters. Had um, DJ, who's the, the Jamaican kickboxer. I don't remember, like, I, I don't remember ever actually playing those characters. So if mm-hmm. I did play it, I would have never used them anyway. So I'm going to say no, I never played it. Oh, okay. Oh. So then, Austin, what was your favorite new challenger? <laughs> favorite new challenger? Uh, I thought I thought it was Fei Long. This is before I actually started playing. And then, no, 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 sorry. I thought it was DJ because of that weird, stupid, like, like 100-hand slap wannabe move that he had. Mm-hmm. I used to like that, too. Then I realized how you did it and that it was an up-down move instead of, like, a, a, a press punch and that it was an anti-air move. And, and I didn't get that. I didn't get why they, they – you know what I mean? It, it's weird to – it's weird to make a move like that do what it did. It was an anti-air move? I, I think – I feel like it was supposed to be because, mm. you know, because it was down up. <laughs> it was a charge move. You know, how do you make yeah. that a charge move? What I usually try to do is fit it into a combo, like jump in and hold down and then do like maybe a, a kind of like a, the guile combo where you do the mid kick and then the General medium bleep. punch and then the flash uh, kick. Yeah, the bleep you know? kick. So basically you come in with like a kick and then do a punch two in one into the, the hundred oh, okay. cut thingy. And then that gotcha. turns into like a eight hit combo. But right. Granted, it, it rarely came out because most people see you coming with the jump. Yeah. I don't know. But then I realized he was such a bad character. Like, just he, there, there were so many weaknesses to him. And then that was just confirmed by, like, you know, g- again, GamePro kept on putting out – or is the EGM? I can't remember. GamePro kept on putting out these depth charts to, like, mm-hmm. you know, all, how, how all the characters fared uh, compared to each other. And DJ was, like, 16th. <laughs> DJ was such a flawed character. And they didn't even fix him. Yeah, and then it be, at that that point, then I was like, "Oh, Fei Long is kind of is a good character." I thought, um, and may, maybe there are some tournament heads out there who know better and are probably listening to this, going like, "No, no, no, Fei Long kind of sucks." Actually, I don't know because I'm not that I'm not that level. <laughs> so, um, that was my favorite one. What about overall? Mm. Overall, my favorite character will always be Ryu. I uh, I have grown in a actually way. wait. Well, all right. Overall, my favorite character. Is Ryu, but my favorite character to play as is Vega. Okay, in terms of um, in terms of um, like story-wise, your favorite character is Ryu. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I, I um, I would say story-wise too, but um, I have you know I've as far as gameplay goes, I've grown some affection for um for for E Honda. Mm. Like lately, E Honda has been my guy. Um, I just find him a lot of fun to play as. He is, you know, for his girth, he is incredibly fast, and he jumps yeah. really high somehow. Yeah. Um, and he's he got, jumps. He jumps. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my god, he actually jumps. I mean, he's got a good arsenal of moves, um, in the way of uh, um, his ranged attacks, um, and oh, the way that they improved him for um, for what's it called for the uh, for the remix version. I absolutely love that they did this. Maybe it kind of Maybe it uh, it makes it kind of cheap, but he uh, his his jab level headbutt nullifies fireballs. It no longer so, what does? Huh? It no longer does what with fireballs? It nullifies fireballs. Oh, it does. So you can move in using that jab level um, that jab level uh, 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 headbutt 
to if they're trying to like fireball war you, you just mm-hmm. you just like do a jab headbutt, you nullify it, and then you just jump in and like have your way with them. Of of course, assuming that they're not good enough to counterattack you, which you know if you're talking about real good players, yeah, they are. But still, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I that just made them a lot more powerful. I think it's a, a uh, I think it's a it's a good rebalancing move. I don't think it's cheap. No, I don't think so either. Because he kind of needed something like that. Yeah, um, I I like. All his normal moves have a have a different have a specific purpose. Like, um, he's got this uh, his standing forward or his crouching forward. One of those two uh, has this really weird range that hits low. Unless oh, I'm the mistaken. one where it looks like he's trying to knuckle you. I guess, yeah. Like he, I don't know. It's funny. His tor- his torso turns one way away from the screen, but his. The leg that the leg that's farther away from the screen is jutting for it's. it's oh, just you're weird. talking about the kick. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the punch. No, no, that punch about. is good too. Mm-hmm. Like he has all these moves that hit in weird places. Um, I remember his original crouching forward kick, like hit twice, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it, I don't know that there, there's there's a lot of meat to his no pun intended. There's a lot of meat <laughs> to his his moves that just you know. That I I personally enjoy. Like I'm not. I don't. I would. I wouldn't say that I'm as good with him as I am with like Ryu and knowing the combos. But in sheer terms of like you know hard hittingness, I think I would take Ihan over everyone else because of his balance of speed and power. Um, like I know how to use Ryu's strategies better, but I think I probably win more with Ihanda, which is a weird kind of thing to say. Right. When, but, when you're not using the hundred hand slap to ram somebody because they uh, do it to you first. Oh God, yeah. But they, they nerf they nerfed that too, thank God. Because in, oh, good. in Super Turbo they nerfed that already. Oh, all right. Because I Super thought that Turbo, in, in Xbox Live that was all they used, right? In Turbo that's what they used. Mm-hmm. But Super Turbo they nerfed it. Okay. Super Turbo they nerfed it when it came to the arcade. So you just jam on the punch button and he would you know, he would throw out like like ten slaps and then stop. And you'd have to keep on jamming on the button and then he'd throw out ten more. Um mm. ten hands. Yeah, as opposed to it being like continuous, you know what I mean? Um, right. But yeah, so they nerfed that. Thing. And, and, and it, honestly, it wasn't that, that big of a nerf because it's like, all right, first of all, it's fair. Second of all, it's still lethal in, in the direction. And third of all, like, it wasn't useful past the first punch anyway because anytime you would hit them with a punch, it would knock you so far back that after like the third one. It's yeah, it, it wouldn't actually last as long as you'd like it to. Yeah, and this one comes out more like as a quick burst. So in some cases, it's even more useful. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I know a lot of people swear by Sagat. Um, yeah, I think he's got way too many weaknesses of his own. Uh, unless you really kind of, I think it, the best way to play with Sagat is to be still mm-hmm. and defend against an oncoming. Like, if you're playing against a Shotokan brother, basically it's going to turn into a fireball war, and you have to go in. But if you're playing against other people. Who kind of have to get in close to you. He's got a lot of defenses. Like his standing kick goes high, his punches are high, but he's got lower kicks that go low and punches that go low. Because at first he used to only, like in Champion Edition, when you first used to play him, all his punches were kicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in, when when you crouch, but yeah. now he's got punches and stuff. He's a little bit more viable. Uh, but his his tiger uppercut is just oh. I and in the it. right hands, his tiger knee is also freaking deadly too. Because that comes oh, out so quick. Absolutely. Deadly. And doesn't that? I think that goes over fireballs as well. Yeah, and it, and it goes through fireballs it, just like the dragon punch. The initial one, I think, the initial frame goes through fireballs, whereas his his tiger punch, his tiger uppercut does not. Nope, his tiger uppercut leaves him so open to everything. 
So I think it's intended to be like that because it doesn't want to be Dragon Punch. Right, right. Pete, do you have any favorite characters from the original set that you use often? Uh, well, from the game I play, I, I mean, I use Bison. Nice, so Psycho Crusher. I, you know, I don't know too many people who use Bison. I like yeah, him like, for his slide. Right. His slide, because that shit hits low. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's a stand, it looks like it's a standing move, so you're like, oh, this guy's standing above. No, no, no. It's going to knock you down. <laughs> and usually you can go right from that if they block it into a throw. Oh, that's that's evil. I think I, yeah. I feel like they nerfed it in later games where his slide would knock you far back enough that you couldn't just spam and then throw. Mm-hmm. I want to try it now. Now but I want to try. You could slide and go into the uh, the the knees or whatever the flip thing. Out of flip kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That that is right. Though that did leave you somewhat vulnerable. But um, depending if it was it, how hard you did the attack and how close right. you were. Very true. Hey, look, it's two fifty. <laughs> I think you should wrap this up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've got fourteen minutes, thirteen minutes, and thirty seconds left of my recording. Nice. All right, so um, Pimpage, um, Al has hair and like is on the is on the net somewhere with like guitars and and and, and porn. Eventually, what? not porn. Eventually, eventually. <laughs> but eventually, I'll guitars. Aww. 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 Where is yeah. that? xlm2k.blogspot.com. Leave comments. Pete, Pete's face is on a book. Yeah, unfortunately, because that book sucks and oh. my face hates it. But I am on Facebook.com slash Riven, R-Y-V-V-N. Two L's, two C's. Two L's, two C's. <laughs> and then there's DrFishyPants.com. He's a doctor and a fish, and that's an old joke by now. But yeah, friend of the site, Brian Fishman, writes and shit. Fellow gains spot freelancer. Um, shark versus Octopus.com. Don't forget to put the WWW in front of it and we spell out the word versus... It is a chock full of cat power and awesomeness. Cat power! <laughs> um, all right, so that'll do it for us. If I forgot to pimp anybody, I'm so- Oh, Rob's podcast, whatever the hell it's called. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't start it yet, so we don't have a, a oh, okay. link to it yet. Gotcha. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of uh, what, what, we've, what we've talked about of games. Oh, what we've been playing. <laughs> um, so for Pete. Oh, yeah, that's me. Bye. For Al, time to finish Mass Effect Two. Oh, are, are you really that close? Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I could finish it by the end of the day if I actually had enough time. Like, if Dude, I could that's play nuts. four hours, I'll be done. That's nuts. You just got it like last week, right? Yeah, I got it last week. Jeez. But I, I intended to finish it before next Tuesday, so that because I, after I finish this, I got to play Final Fantasy XII. All right. Finish Bioshock before Final Fantasy oh, right. That's right. All right, so yeah, that's Al, and I'm your host, Austin, and you're gone. In the game, it's like, what? The real idea, so it's like, all over the world.